I knew I wanted to do uh, Gorilla and Bobby, but uh, it was like, well, do we do announcer? And then I was like, well, I know there was a lot of talk back, you know, about like announcers and some people were like not crazy about that combo. I'm like, oh, but what if we did the studio show? That's completely different. And then, you know, and then like, there's no doubt, you know, that, that's a completely its own thing. And I thought people would be okay with that. Although not everybody was a WWF fan in the late eighties and in the, in the States and had USA. So, you know, but those of us who do, uh, I think it worked out really well. As an announcer, I didn't like Bobby all that much as a manager. He was one of the, oh, his manager I was loved great. him. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Well, and I, I just love, I just, I mean, what got me into wrestling was watching primetime wrestling at like late at night when I should have been asleep uh, on Monday nights, you know, <laughs> so, that's what got me into being a wrestling fan was that and seeing those guys. So like that always has a, a warm, uh, warm spot in my heart. <laughs> yeah, our, our wrestling in Canada was always like Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. Right. Well, yeah, we had the Saturday, the Saturday, like. 11 o'clock sunday like 11 or 12 like it was like the the, the regular like jobber matches with the mid-card match so yep. kind of like what you're saying like that would be like superstars and challenge would on the syndicated shows but then monday night was uh was prime time and it was like they would bring in stuff from all the like they did stuff from the spectrum and from msg and from boston gardens they might even do maple leaf stuff as well and just had a mix of different announcers and from different places and it was mostly like mid-card type matches and stuff like mid-card versus mid-card occasional squash match and it was like a mix and a lot of skits and stuff like that so, yeah, david, I was like, well i i posted how wrestling was in canada when i was younger david little asked me to do it for mm-hmm. my uh weekly column on uncle hitman oh yes yes and, you know, we'd have stuff out of Vancouver, which was an NWA affiliate. So you had like, you had like, uh, you know, I watched Hawk wrestle when he was Crusher Von Haig. Yeah. Wow. He was out wow. there. And, and wow. Jake Roberts and Moondog Moretti. And, and uh, you know, it was old NWA stuff. But we used to, they used to have an NWA title called the Canadian Championship. I heard of that. Yes, yes. You know, it was held by like Leo Burke and all these, you know, and it was never defended in the States, but like Angela Mosca defended it. He, he was, it, it, it was a constant mix of people holding this title. It was so weird. And then, you know, it was always, it was NWA Toronto, NWA Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And then Calgary, we didn't get Calgary in Ontario until Owen Hart was champ. Oh. Like it just didn't show out here. He was, he was champ over there in, in Stampede? Yeah. Okay, I never knew if he ever got the the title there. Yeah, the first time I saw him, he was taking on uh, Bad News Brown. Was it Bad News Allen then? Yeah. Man, yeah, that's somebody I'd love to have in the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only. And, uh, and then we used to have a, a promotion awesome. called uh, that Andre the Giant used to own. Oh, I didn't know he owned a promotion. Yep. H- him and a guy named... Uh, uh, don't, don't you read my column? I talked. About I, I usually do. I missed this last one though. All right, sa- save some of that for the podcast because we're going to talk about how you got into <laughs> wrestling and stuff. So yes. <laughs> well, I you know what I took the liberty of of hitting that record button so we could include I, some of this stuff uh, and maybe do things a little differently. Open up with kind of a, a cold open as opposed to uh, going into our our normal stuff. But uh, uh, welcome promoters. We're here for uh, roll up episode number thirteen uh, and uh, joined by the one and only Mike Fortune. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, getting a, a lot of. Uh, uh, 
well, just a lot of stuff, basically, whether we're talking wrestling, talking Galacticon years past, the game, uh, or of course, Canadian wrestling history, which we've been getting a sneak peek of uh, as we as we kind of get this cold open going. Um, but uh, yeah, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Oh, I'm pretty good. Excellent. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. We'll have a lot of fun, I'm sure. Todd, how are you this week? I'm doing great. We're, uh, let's see, we're about a month away from Galacticon here. You know, we're in uh, Galacticon month, and what better person to join us than the undertaker of Galacticon himself, Mike Fortune. So I'm very excited for today. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be super cool. I'm looking forward to just sitting back and listening because, you know, obviously uh, I my first Galacticon was last year and I attended that virtually. So, uh, right. you know, I've read some stories over the years. I've heard some stories over the years, but this will be a lot of fun. Um, uh, Mike Molesky, how are you? Oh, wait, no, he's not here. That's no, we, we only have room for one uh, Mike today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, we, we miss Mike. Uh, he, he unfortunately is indisposed, so he's not able to join us this week, but uh, I'm sure he'll be back soon to regale us with tales and, uh, and talk and talk game news. Um, but in the meantime, we've got a short opening bell. So why don't we just go ahead and breeze through that so we can get into the meat of the show. And first off, the announcement for the Tragos Thez Hall of Fame set uh, to kick off the, the announcements leading up to Galacticon was none other than a wrestling card for Gorilla Monsoon. Now, obviously, we got the recent card with Gorilla and Bobby for the studio show, a uh, unique card that promoters are seeming to, to love thus far. And now we're getting to see a wrestler card for Gorilla. Todd, talk a little bit about this. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I don't think it came as a huge shock to a lot of people. <laughs> so you know, I so we wanted to get it out there, be like, all right, yeah, here's the here's the gorilla wrestling card. We definitely wanted to get that. I mean, that was that was you know the first thing we were looking at, and then along with that was the the, the gorilla and Bobby card. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think uh, you know we, there was a little bit of debate of you know which era should we do. I know his daughter really liked the uh, the photo that reference that we used, so kind of going with that kind of. Uh, Manchurian heel character that Gorilla had uh, a little earlier in his career. Uh, not to say that we can't do another version at one point later on in the future, but I, we thought this was like you know definitely the, uh, the you know the one to, to to bring in for right now. Um, so yeah, I think you know really big name. It would be really interesting if you know we didn't have the studio show card and just announced <laughs> Bobby announced the Gorilla Monsoon here like how much more the reaction would have been perhaps but uh but I I mean I, I think it worked out well the way it came out yeah absolutely and I know that promoters you know there are some promoters that have kind of hesitated to use the uh, studio show card because they were you know waiting for a wrestling card so they could use them as a wrestler first some promoters have already talked about using both at the same time um, so I mean there's obviously there's options it's it's always up to you promoter um, I'm excited to have the, the the wrestling card I've not actually used the studio show card yet just because of you know my legends fed right now I've got Gordon Soley uh, and, and Roddy Piper because Roddy Piper's been injured in my fed kind of you know manning the booth right now and I've and I've liked that sort of live booth feel. Um, so I think I'm going to wait to use the studio card until after I have him, you know, have a run in the ring. Um, that said, speaking of his run in the ring, I mean, this is a guy who placed second in the 1959 NCAA wrestling championships. Uh, he made his professional debut at the tender age of 20. Um, he, you know, even when he was in his teens, he was already, you know, about six, six clocking in at 300 pounds. Uh, he ended up being billed at six, seven, three fifty. Um, 
you know, he, he had a lengthy career um, in the Northeast uh, and, and, you know, squared off uh, against talent as diverse as Nikolai Volkov, Butcher Vachon, Ray Stevens, Bobo Brazil, Larry Zabisco, and Killer Kowalski, um, you know, teaming with some of those uh, competitors as well as wrestling against them. And in some cases, both. Um, he was honored with his induction into the Trago Stes Hall of Fame in 2011. Uh, and of course, he's probably most well known f- when it comes to his in ring uh, uh, career for main eventing with uh, um, Bruno San Martino at Madison Square Garden being kind of his his first uh, monster heel um, that that Bruno had to square off and, and, and defend that title from. So um, just a you know legendary figure in professional wrestling, I think most well known to to fans of, you know, kind of our generation as that announcer uh, announcing figure. Um, but of course, you know, as, as the history books have, have opened up and there's so much wonderful history that we now have, including more matches available through the Internet, uh, people become more familiar with his in-ring career as well so really cool addition and as you mentioned great artwork uh, i had mm-hmm. the the odd fortune no pun intended mike of speaking with his grandson of all people um who i, I kind of just ran into randomly on reddit there was a birthday post for gorilla because we actually announced this card on his birthday mm-hmm. which was kind of cool and um his grandson responded to this post and so i just you know shot him a message real quick saying like hey you know uh, i've been working with phil singer game they're announcing the card for him uh, sent him over the art for both this and the studio show as well as for his uncle joey and he loved it he was you know he was very grateful he was just like thank you so much for you know for for paying tribute and keeping keeping the memory alive and everything which i thought was really neat so um it's it's cool that you know obviously his daughter you know uh, which is his mom valerie is uh is it joe is it joey i think it's his name too if i'm not mistaken i know yeah this guy yeah. This was this uh the, this son's name is Gino. Uh he's named oh, after Gino. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, oh yeah. well after after, yeah. after there. Oh, okay, cool. I know she had another son, Joey, as well. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, it was pretty, pretty, pretty cool to to get kind of his stamp of approval uh, as, as well. And obviously, Todd, you've, you've communicated with his mom, which is awesome. Um, and uh, so, so super cool addition. Really excited for that one. And, and of course, we'll have another announcement this Friday. So uh, keep your keep your eyes peeled for that one. Uh, it's going to yeah. be an amazing set. Yeah, absolutely. Now we did mention on I think on the boards. I don't know if we've officially mentioned on the podcast here. This will be an eight card set uh, this year. I know last year we did a ten card set for the first one, so this will be eight card. Uh, but you know, just because we're not including two more cards doesn't mean that the cards you get are not going to kick ass. So you know, yeah, <laughs> be ready for that. We got a good lineup there. Some a bunch of re- of new names that have never been in the game before. Uh, I think you'll. I think everybody pretty pretty pleased um we'll probably have a lot of new names coming up the the first weeks here and then uh i think the last name we will announce the friday of galacticon uh during the friday night online event we'll uh we'll lose when the teaser will go up and we'll we'll get to talk about that yeah and i know that the guys over at uncharted territory had mentioned that it would be an eight card set as well and, and kind of went into some of the reasonings behind that and just the idea that you know wanting to continue this set and wanting to keep names and maybe hold some names back for the future, uh, which they've, they've spoken, you know, kind of at length about, you know, 
what goes into putting together a roster for a specific legend set. They did that with their, you know, kind of ask us anything episode that they did as well. Cause I know there's a question about set makeup there. Uh, and we've talked about it here on the podcast before. And even back in the you know King of pro wrestling days, we talk about some of that stuff. So um, I think it's, it's, it's a great decision just because again, knowing the names that are in this and, and I will say uh, without spoiling anything that uh, one of the names in this set is indeed the name that, that Chad revealed to me, you know, sort of got my live reaction for. Uh, and I think it's, it's worthy of that reaction. So promoters will be very excited. And, and there are a couple of other names in this set that I think are going to really uh, cement it as being kind of probably one of the, I mean, more talked about and, and more buzz legend sets that than we've had in, in, in a while, which is saying something considering all the buzz around the, uh, yeah. got uh, a bunch, a bunch yeah, of the good ones set, recently. So um so yeah so it's going to be a great set i'm really really looking forward to it uh and speaking of great sets we also have the uh origins 2137 set coming up uh there was an announcement dropped on monday night for Oris the unstoppable uh from the weird swamp world of Maripus comes their greatest fighter or at least according to him uh in the form of Oris the unstoppable um n- now you know a, a version of Oris did make his debut in the best of the champions of the galaxy uh starter set that was released last year but this, uh, according to Tom, is, is the real thing. So um, lots of questions, uh, lots of speculation already on the boards. Um, pages of speculation, actually. Uh, uh, and, and lots of questions <laughs> about the desert-looking swamp as well that, that he's in. So. <laughs> well, you know, he uh, he traded in the bayou for the, the, the Arizona, you know, mountains. What, what can you say? Um, exactly. Maybe it's a it's a you know Sedona area swamp. I don't know. It, it, right, swamp. exactly. A Sedona swamp. <laughs> um, so yeah, it should be uh, should be a cool character. You know, the thing is, is it's it's one of those things where it's funny when we get the chance to talk about some of the stuff on here. We kind of have an idea where maybe things are going, but this is this is one thing where I obviously have absolutely no clue. And Todd, I don't think you have much of a clue either. <laughs> I got a little bit more of a clue now than I did. I think the last time we talked about it. So I, I got, I got, I got a good sense there. So well, spill the beans, man. Tell us, no, tell us everything. No, I, no, I don't want to be excommunicated. That's uh, gag order. I get it. I get it. Um, so yeah, so uh, obviously that set is, is going to be coming out at Galacticon. And of course there will also be the special uh, limited edition uh, um, package with all the extras um, that we, you know, we got a, a bit of a look at, um, last week. Um, and, and I think, uh, I think people are going to be excited. They're, they're pretty cool. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun set. And I, I just think that honestly, with, with the releases we just had, and then going into the releases that we're going to get in July, I mean, this run from, you know, like end of May, beginning of June through middle of July is going to be pretty incredible for promoters. There's not a lot of stuff. And, that you're and we're miss. already planning for September too. So yeah, it's, it's well, a lot going naturally. on. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, everyone, everyone just give kind of a mental shout out to Zeke because he's made some signings recently that people are going to be very, very, very happy for. Um, so I hate if to you're, tease. If you're into the but, indie side of things, for sure. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, when you, when you think of indies, you can, you can think of Zeke. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of stuff to look forward to and, and to keep looking forward to for the rest of the year and, and, and for years to come. Uh, so we mentioned earlier Galacticon, of course, Todd, any updates that you want to go over anything that you want to mention about Galacticon? Um, let's see, nothing, nothing too much uh, new at this point. Uh, you know, we, you know, we do want to, I do want to stress, uh, you know, if you are planning to go definitely be there in person, definitely let us know if you can buy your, 
uh, ticket online or just let us know, just have a good sense of uh, headcount for everything like that. So we know what to plan for. Uh, we have had a lot of people reserve uh, for the online convention already, which is, which is great. So uh, we're going to be uh, planning for that kind of simulcast there. So that should be good. Uh, we'll talk a little bit at the end about some of the new um, auction items, but the auction is looking great at this point. Uh, some just really, really cool stuff. One thing that I know Mike has been working on, I'm sure he'll tell us about in a little bit. Um, and uh, let's see, yeah, so we will have uh, the the debut of all the new items, the uh, the, the TNT set, the, the Tragos this set, the uh, Origins uh, 2137, and the IPW set uh, will be debuting at Galacticon. Uh, we are going to do pre-orders for everything uh, for people who can't be at Galacticon, uh, those will go up uh, June 25th. Uh, we There's no guarantee you're going to be getting your set before Galacticon. We will have online available uh, probably the Friday before as well as the um, the handbook. We'll, we'll make that available to people uh, for 2137 as soon as possible, just in case you, know, you didn't have it. So if you... You can read up on everything before you start your uh, Galacticon virtual experience then. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I, I know that people obviously uh, that aren't going to be able to attend in person, um, you know, the virtual event is, is a wonderful way to make sure that you are in the loop on everything. And of course, even for people that might not necessarily be able to attend virtually, it is also the only way to secure yourself those two exclusive cards. So yeah. I would certainly say, you know, even if you're not going to be able to attend either in person or virtually, if you sign up virtually, at least you'll still get those exclusive cards. Um, you know, there I think we'll be announcing there, but... what those are on the friday night thing as well when we announce the last name we'll we'll talk about what the exclusive cards are as well so uh if you're on the fence you know you can still sign up for the con up through uh up through you know throughout the con even if you're ready to go like we'll, we'll shut things down on sunday uh but uh, you can you can uh you know register at any point up to there join us for the online con or even if you're like you know what i just want the exclusive cards it's up to you, promoter. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and it's definitely always worth it, I think. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people that unfortunately I know missed out on, uh, you know, that Nacho Barrera card, for instance. And, you know, here's an opportunity to make sure you don't miss out on, on what's next. So, And um, if you did miss out on the Nacho Barrera card, I highly suggest that you attend Galacticon and, and be there for the start of the auction. I, I highly, highly suggest that. Yes. I'll, I'll give that hint. Uh, and you know what? I just realized there's going to be a little noise pollution on my end of the microphone. Uh, let promoters know, uh, as uncharted territory usually always does, we'll give you a quick weather report. Here in Chicago, it has been steamy, steamy, steamy in the high 80s. So the AC is running, and it just so happens that, you know, I don't have a soundproofed studio where I can sit and record these things. So unfortunately, the air conditioner just kicked on, so you might hear a little bit of that. Uh, but wanted to let you all know what that was. Um, and, it, you know, in, in addition to that, uh, also wanted to just mention that uh, – We've had a, you know, really great conversation spill out of the last episode uh, with Rob's talk about, you know, statting cards and, you know, putting the set together and everything. So I want to give a shout out real quick to Troy, Lee, Pariah, Kyokin, KB, Malice Lover, TK, Vegas, Zeke, C-Man, Matt, Corey, LA Wraith, Chad, Brock, AMD, and J-Row7. Thank you guys so much. Uh, It's always fun to hear what people's thoughts are, of course, uh, and get your input and and, and hear your stories as well. I, I love, you know, 
know, kind of continuing the conversation. Um, it's always nice to kind of get a pat on the back or, or whatever and say like, oh, that was great. I loved it. But it's even better when people, you know, have their own thoughts and opinions about things and get to share those on the board and just kind of continue the conversation because the community is, is what makes this all possible and makes it great. So really appreciate uh, appreciate that. Um, quick collector's corner thing that I wanted to throw out there real quick. Also, through the magic of the boards, uh, I was able to pick up the AIW Indies set, which is now out of print recently, and I'm very, very happy with that because it was, you know, one of the, the few kind of out of print items that I didn't have other than a couple of like, you know, limited cards here or there or whatever, but uh, uh, happy to add that to the collection, so thank you fellow promoter for that. Uh, and then also wanted to give a mention to Limitless Wrestling the first five years book by Michael Leib. Uh It is an incredible uh, overview of, of arguably one of the best independent companies um, going you know, in the country right now uh, based out of Maine. Um, it's really interesting, provides kind of like a little capsule history of, of, of you know, indie wrestling in Maine. And then, of course, talks about each and every single uh, show uh, in Limitless Wrestling history with match results for every match on the card. Uh, and then usually a, a you know, bit of an overview or review of, of some of the matches on each card. Uh, and and then one of the really cool things, which is a great tool, I think, for promoters, if you're interested in this, uh, it actually lists uh, bios for every wrestler, uh, over 300 talents that have come through Limitless Wrestling's doors. And a lot of that talent, you know, they're in the game. Names like Chris Hero, Zack Sabre Jr., MJF, um, uh, Ace Romero. I mean, so many great names that are that are in the game. And, of course, current Limitless Wrestling champion, of course, Daniel Garcia. Um, and so there there's is. just a lot of great talent in there. And uh, I ended up picking up the color edition. Um, I think Michael's actually going to be on my other podcast, uh, King Pro Wrestling, here uh, in a little bit. And, and I'm looking forward to you know, going in depth with him. But I will say the color edition is absolutely worth the extra money. Um, it's just it just adds so much. All the color photography. There's usually you know at least one photograph from each show. But in some cases, there's two or three. Uh, there's a color poster for every single you know poster that was done for any of the shows. Um, just, just a great book. It was actually mentioned recently uh, by Smart Mark on the major wrestling figure podcast yeah, as well that. so yeah. yeah so so i'm hoping that uh that, that the buzz picks up and he continues to get more he's been doing these little kind of uh, uh history spots on um the road limitless wrestling show on iwtv uh which have been really great too so highly recommend that book and i think it's absolutely worth it it comes in a black and white edition as well which is a little cheaper so uh, either way you go i don't think you're going to be disappointed and it's just a great resource i think for promoters especially promoters uh that, that play the indie line because there's just so you know, so much great uh, uh, background information on these wrestlers. Great looks into how cards have been put together, um, you know, over the years, and 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 uh, it's just yeah, it's just a really really cool piece of history, and not the type of thing that you get to see about a lot of independent wrestling companies. So, uh, I, I again, I just highly recommend that. It um, a little bit of the old Chikara almanacs that I have, but definitely a lot more. A lot more comprehensive than that, but you know, yeah. I, I think we, I think we've let our our, our special guest here wait long enough. Uh, I completely agree. I, I think it's time now to officially get back on the road to Galacticon and do our our promoter spotlight, legend spotlight. I mean, all sorts of spotlights could be thrown on Mr. Mike Fortune. Todd, take us away, man. All right, so uh, yeah, definitely glad to be joined here uh, by Mike. So, Mike uh tell us a little bit about yourself how did you get into this wild world of wrestling well i got it like professional or the game let's start with, start with, with regular professional wrestling before getting into the game 
I, uh, I assume you were into that first before. before yeah, I was about I was about eight years old, and my mom and grandma used to watch it all the time. Hmm. I know it's it's weird. People are like you know, most people are the, you know their dad, brothers, and sisters, but it was my mom and my grandma who watched wrestling. And uh, I remember I went into the living room one time, and they had it on, and it was uh, I saw Ricky Steamboat come off the top rope with a you know flying body press to get the pin. I can't remember who he was wrestling, but I remember Ricky Steamboat. And uh, I became hooked like right there. And then I had to watch it every Saturday. It, it was like Saturday, like I think 10 o'clock, it was NWA wrestling on, on TV. And uh, I had to, I had to watch it with him. So I just started watching it and then developed more and more. And I, you know, video videotapes and all that, you know, that stuff came later, but it was just trying to find it on TV. It was really tough in Canada. We didn't have a lot of channels, a lot of times it was, you know, sometimes you'd get, you know, one hour of wrestling followed by half hour of uh, roller derby. It was like a, a combination they had going. Yep. That's and, been a constant for years, I'm sure. <laughs> Decades, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then it was just, it was all NWA. That's all we got. Oh. And then one day it was, it switched and NWA was gone. And uh, it was replaced by WWF. But it was weird because... Uh, a little while later, we had an NWA promotion out of Vancouver that that was going. Uh, Sergeant L. Tomko was one of the the, the guys, and you know, as I said, we had uh, we had Crusher Von Hag there, which was Road Warrior Hawk. Got his, you know, we saw him wrestle Jake Roberts and Leo Burke, and all these guys were wrestling in the NWA Vancouver area, and every so often they'd wrestle in the Toronto area as well. And we'd catch that on a, a you know it'd be a, a weird program would just pop up nwa toronto it was like a local you know when, when the show would be on tv in the area it'd be on tv but then they they wouldn't carry it any other time was it like a monthly show or less frequent yeah. than that or? yeah it was it, it was probably about every three months it would just pop up on tv if, if there was a toronto show and then there was a, a promotion in quebec called loot wrestling or uh, later on, it became known as Canadian International. But it was owned by uh, Andre the Giant and Gino Brito Sr. And Andre, you know, he was a booker promoter. I didn't know all this stuff until after. But he, he ended up selling it to, uh, you know, Bravo. But for a promotion, I've never seen a talent roster like that packed. You know, you had, you know, Bravo Martel, the Freebirds, the Long Riders, Road Warriors, Bruiser Brody, Abdullah the Butcher, uh, the Samoans, you know, Andre would wrestle there, uh, the Vachons. And they did angles there that I, I would see showing up years later. Like, you know, they were the first promotion I ever saw with the bad guy announcer. Huh. Uh, you know, Freddie Creechman senior, you know, he'd be the, he'd be the bad guy announcer, but it was funny because they would film the show and then do the recording afterwards. So he'd be like, look, look, this is where Dino Bravo hits me from behind. Watch. It's going to happen now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And it was, it was completely different. And then they did things like they did an invasion angle. Oh, and the evil English speaking wrestlers were invading Quebec. <laughs> and the Quebec wrestlers had to defend, you know, and that's what it was. It was, you know, it became Quebec versus Ontario, but it was an invasion angle. All the English wrestlers got together and, you know, tried to attack the, 
the French wrestlers, the Rougeaus and them. And, uh, they were the first ones to, to develop a, uh, a hardcore division with Brody and Abdullah and Killer Brooks and all these guys. You know, they were doing the hardcore stuff probably 84, 85. Okay. Well, long before that. And uh, then I just, you know, kept getting more into, into wrestling. I would devour us. You know, I'd go rent videotapes and, you know, uh, that's how I discovered, you know, Georgia Championship Wrestling because I never I had never seen it before, but our local video store carried videotapes of it. How big was the wrestling section at a Canadian video store? I have to imagine it it dwarfs the U.S. stores here. Um, back <laughs> then, it, it it probably had I'd say fifty to hundred tapes. Yeah, not bad at the time. Yeah, and we go in and we and I remember one time we were like me and my buddy Craig were like let's rent twenty four hours and watch it all. Ah, so four hours to do a, a one-day marathon, and we lined up all the tapes from you know how we thought would be the worst to the best. And the last match was uh, I the WWF's most violent matches or something like that. And I remember we were watching on literally 24 hours. We're just you know coke and sugar, <laughs> <laughs> and we're only like 16 at the time. And I remember Billy Jack Haynes and Hercules Hernandez in a chain match. There's so much blood everywhere, and we're just like. Oh, <laughs> you're not even remotely interested in the match. You're just like, Ugh. just beat him already. <laughs> oh, look, he tied his feet to the ropes to win it. Uh, well, and then you think back on it, you know, that probably was an exciting match if we didn't sit through 23 hours of straight wrestling. <laughs> so you said you got Georgia tapes, then, like, so there's a good mix of all sorts of different things you had access to then? Yeah. And, and the, uh, the owner, because we were always renting tapes. He, he started asking us, you know, he, he had his booklet. Hey, what should, what should I order next? And we'd tell him, order this, 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 this. And he'd, he'd order them because he knew if we watched it, other guy, uh, you know, he could push it on other wrestling fans because there were a lot of other wrestling fans. Yeah. And so the, the place was called Landry's Video or something like that. And so um, he, he knew that, you know, if, if we got it he and we could tell him about it, then he'd push you know, he could push the tape, you know, it had if Coliseum video. He had every Coliseum video tape out there, but of course. And it was all the other all the other stuff, AWA greats and stuff like that. It it slowly pop on. Oh yeah, that uh, Quebec promotion also hooked up with AWA because AWA would shut down during the summertime. And so the AWA roster would move up to Quebec. That's how you got the influx of like the Road Warriors and Freebirds and the Garvins and stuff like that. Is that how Martel got into AWA then? Yep. Was that, that yep. connection? Oh, okay. Yeah. Very cool. And he, he crossed back over. It's so funny because some of the stuff that, you, that you're mentioning, Mike, it reminds me, there's a, there's a book uh, that I read uh, by Pat LaProd and, and Bertrand Bear about, um, uh, uh, it's called Mad Dogs, Midgets, and Screwdrops. And it's the untold story of how Montreal shaped the world of wrestling. And oh, yeah. uh, yeah, it's uh, it's some of the stuff that you're mentioning. You kind of refresh my memory. It's been a while since I read the book, uh, but they, you know, one of the things that they chronicle a lot uh, it has to do with a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, with you know, kind of originating certain angles or you know, certain talent that worked there before they worked elsewhere and, and stuff like that. Uh, and it just sounds like such a fascinating place, especially you know, for what what they did in like the '70s and '80s um, compared to a lot of you know other stuff that was that was going on at the time was uh, was pretty wild. Yeah. And, uh, and then as I, you know, I got bigger, I, you know, I, you know, by the time I was, uh, 18, you know, I'm six, five and 200 pounds. And so I, 
I, you know, I, I uh, saw an ad for a wrestling school. So I wrote to Killer Kowalski. And I, I still got my letter from him back. And uh, he said, yeah, you know, come on down. It's $1,500 training for three months. But if you're not trained, you know, and he goes, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get you booked as well. And he goes, if it takes longer, he goes, it takes longer. He goes, you don't get charged anymore. And so I called him up and I said, hey, you know, I, I do have a heart issue. I have an irregular heartbeat. It's called SVT. And, and he's like, sorry, kid, you know, can't take it. And then a little while later, I called him back up again. And I'm like, are you sure? And, you know, I'm like, it's under control of medication and everything. And he's like, no. He's like, you know, nobody would touch you because you have a heart issue. So I just gave up my dream of being a pro wrestler. And uh, and then years later, I ran into, um, I met a guy who was a friend of the Hearts and said, you know, the Hearts are opening up a school in Cambridge. Yeah. And so that's how I ended up meeting Smith Hart. The Hearts opened up the school. And I started training and I told Smith about the heart problem. He's like, eh. he goes, you work for us. He goes, it's not an issue. <laughs> And so I ended up getting training from Smith and I actually had a, I had, I held a galactic can years ago. Right. I remember that. And, uh, after, after the convention, we went to the school. And so Smith did a, uh, uh, like a, 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 basically a story time with Smith, you know, he asked him questions and Smith was the guy who didn't hold back his answers. <laughs> so he, you know, he, he could be pretty rough, but he, it was honest. You know, his answers were honest, and uh, you know he, he he may have shocked some of the people with his language, but they loved the stories. And uh, you know that's and I got my uh, so I got my in ring training from him and, and a guy named Moondog King, uh, Sailor White. I'll, you know that's so. How how old were you when you did training then? Twenty five. Oh wow! Okay, so a little. little... A big time between the uh, yeah, Kowalski yeah. and that. Okay. And then um, uh, Waldo Von Eric would come in and, and uh, Angela Mosca. Oh, great. These guys would come in and, you know, they didn't they get in the ring like Seller and Smith did, but they'd tell you, you know, this is what you're doing, this is what you're doing, this is what you got to do to build a match. So they, they worked on more of the, the ring psychology and match psychology. I think that's why everything I, I did – became more old school because that's how you know you're trained it's drilled india everything's old school and then uh you know had my debut in the rwa you know slowly moved along uh then you start to meet some of the some of the pros and that's where i got the idea hey why don't i invite tom up <laughs> he can you know he can try selling the game at this you know it's a whole wrestling market. He, you know, he thought it was a great idea. So he comes up and uh, Greg Valentine's on the card. And I knew that Tom was a huge fan of Johnny Valentine. Yep. And uh, so he met Greg and a little bit before that I had met Bundy and I became really as, as good as a friend of the, you know, an indie guy can become with a pro. And uh, it just happened that I was sitting beside Bundy and uh, another wrestler, Colin Douglas, and myself were talking about pursue the pennant baseball because we were both in the same league. Yep. Well, thank Back and forth, making trades and stuff. And Bundy's like, hey, what are you two doing? 
We're like, we're, we're talking baseball. And he goes, no, no, He goes, but you're talking about a game. We're like, yeah. And he goes, what, what game? You know, pursue the pennant. And he goes, is that, is that anything like Stratomatic baseball? He goes, because I play that all the time. I'm like, could be. He goes, because I, you know, he goes, and he explained to us. He goes, I don't like going and drinking with the guys. He goes, so I just go back to my hotel room and play my, play my, play my games. He goes, do you, do you know any other games that you can play by yourself? <laughs> I know one. <laughs> it's a wrestling game. And he goes, is that the one I see in the magazines? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it is. He goes, and, and I remember because Tim Dalton was the ring announcer for us. And he goes, hey, if I, get, if I gave you my, uh, my, my address, do you think I could trade a signed picture for a game? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the first wrestler to you know to, to to be involved in the game was Bundy, right? And I remember like seeing the quote on the website and stuff like that from Bundy, and that must have been from you. Yeah, a big fan of the game. He enjoyed it. That's he great. played it, and uh, he was you know he, I remember he's like, if you're ever wrestling in Jersey, he goes, come look me up, and you know we we email every so often. And he was he was a he was a solid guy, and then you know. When Tom met Greg, he comes up after the show. He goes, I'm going to put Greg in the game. And he goes, I'm thinking about putting you in the game. <laughs> and that's how, it, that's how it got started. And so yeah. the first three people put into the game were Bundy, Valentine, and myself. And you and Greg were a tag team in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so that's how I'd, I'd invite Tom up every time, you know, we'd have people and that's how the legends of wrestling got started was because I was inviting Tom to the shows and he was getting to meet the wrestlers. And then he started doing conventions and seeing more wrestlers and, you know, get, getting the idea, Hey, if I can get them signed. And so it slowly started growing. So, so, you know, we kind of got just a little bit ahead of ourselves. I'm curious, how did you discover the game? Ah, uh, I used to buy PWI, like I think every other wrestling fan out there. Absolutely, I, yep. <laughs> Almost everybody who's listening yep. to this probably the same. Yeah. And so what happened is, me and me and my buddy Rob Nadon, we 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 got into games, and so he'd buy a game, I'd buy a game. He'd buy a game, I'd buy a game. So I bought the red box set of Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. And then, you know, we started playing D&D, and then I, I left my wrestling magazine at Rob's place, and, he, you know, he looked it up. When we were younger, we used to have our own wrestling promotion of He-Man. You know, we'd have our champions. We'd wrestle our action figure because there was no real wrestling figures back then. I was going to ask if you had any, like, the LJNs or that. Yeah, was probably too, pretty bulldog, but it's too late. They're horrible. You know, they're stuck in that. Right, right. You know, yeah. So that's why we used our He-Man and any other action figure of that size we could get a hold of. So Rob's like, I'm going to order this wrestling game. And I think we, he just missed the first 500. Okay. Because mm. it came with a, an ad for the first Invasion set. And so that's how, you know, Rob bought the wrestling game. And then my next game, you know, I bought Battletech. And then he bought <laughs> something else. And I bought Star Frontiers. And it just, it just worked out that. But we kept going back to res- the wrestling game. It really... You know, it really got us going and because uh, we both really liked wrestling and Rob was a stickler for following the storyline. 
I had issues with it. Suddenly we get it, we're like, wait, Pit Viper turned bad. And Rob <laughs> just got him off a splatter suddenly. I'm like, there was no story there. Suddenly he just showed up with him. I'm like, no, <laughs> that shouldn't happen. I said, you got to develop it. And he's like, no, the book tells us. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so that led to, to us developing at we you know we saw the ad for the first uh that mark was putting on you know the newsletter we got a a flyer for a newsletter hey let's get the newsletter and then we saw an ad in the newsletter for the first galacticon ah and we you know i got the unfolded the map because there was no such thing as map quest back then and computer you know we had computers but they were few and far between we're like like jamestown "Eh, that's that's only about three hours away we can we can go to this (laughs) <laughs> and so my mom drove us down. She stayed in. We stayed in this uh, motel called the Gaslight Inn. Okay. <laughs> yes, I've heard of thirty dollars a night. Oof. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have a black lighter. Think about things like that. <laughs> thirty dollars a night, you know. But hey, the rooms were massive. They were probably double the size of a. Uh, a holiday in room and you know each bed was like a queen size bed they were just huge <laughs> and uh so i remember we you know we, we go to this con and things just you know you, you meet people and i remember walking in and i had long hair you know ripped jeans and you know flannel shirt and everything and everybody's clean cut you know, T-shirts, you know, their hair is like, you know, the 1950s hairstyle where everybody's, you know, part. Tim and Steve are the old guys, and they're in their probably early 20s. <laughs> they're only like 18. And uh, I remember everybody's like, and Tim, Tim felt as soon as he saw Rob and myself, he went and hid his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> he, thought, he thought, oh, these guys look like they're going to be trouble. And I remember we're just sitting at a table. Nobody's talking. Everybody's kind of shy and nervous. And all of a sudden, Myron Coleman showed up. Mm-hmm. He was like the big used car salesman. He's like, hey. He got he he literally got the ball rolling and everybody talking. And and uh, it was it was it was just a great thing. And then I remember Martin Addison showed up dressed as Bishop Hell. Oh yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, a classic there. Yes, yes. Because because Mark put in a little joke: show up as your favorite character. And Martin was like 10 years old. He showed up as Bishop Hell. And we're like, I, does he know it was a joke? <laughs> it's not like, you know, we're, you're going to make fun of him. You know, hey. Which reminds us, we're going to have a costume contest this year at Galacticon. Uh, so make sure you dress up as your favorite. Uh... <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you know, these days, you know, cosplay is so big. You go to any convention, it's like that's the thing you do. So we might as well bring it to Galacticon. <laughs> well, we did. We did have it at the Geek Fest that year, and it developed into a match too. So you know, <laughs> we did officially have one, I guess. And, and yeah, it was. It was just. It was just funny, you know, and that, but. Uh, cause there were all, you know, there were so few of us and we didn't even really have tournaments. Yeah. I was going to, I didn't know if there was much that year. I know there's, I know there's a tournament the second year. There was I didn't know there was one tournament, but we, okay. everybody would just get together and play matches. Okay. And then the first year we had a tournament and, uh, a guy named Dave Thomas and Tom actually made it to the final hmm. and it was star warrior versus spike. I think and oh, wow. Dave Thomas and spike beat star warrior. 
in okay. the, the tournament finals. And I was like, wow. And, uh, you know, that was kind of a complete shock that, you know, you have one tournament the next year with just tournament after tournament after tournament. We had probably eight. Eight, okay. I know as much. Now, now, the second year, that's when you started introducing your tournament that's still going on to today. Yeah, yeah. We did because on the the Saturday, I think we had like four or five tournaments, and they were just all you know singles tournaments, and just one offs. You know, you're you know you're one and done if you lose. And I remember because I won one and I beat Bob Ashby in probably the quickest tournament final ever. I had Lord Nexus. He had Thanos, and we're wrestling in a cage. And I remember this because Thanos had a. His level six move was a uh, into the turnbuckle mm-hmm. on his first card. So it's into the turnbuckle. So he throws Lord Nexus, who's an A, into the turnbuckle. I roll double ones. He lifts an E. I go for the pin, and Bob rolls double ones. Oh, so it's one move match in the finals. It's a one move match, the, and it wasn't even a move. It was an into the turnbuckle. Yeah, wow. Wow. <laughs> right off Bob the chart. Me, he's like. I, <laughs> hey, yeah, Thanos started on offense and lost in one move. That's pretty. That's pretty impressive. Yes, <laughs> and that was funny. But and then Rob, you know, we're sitting in our in our hotel room. He's like, Let, let's let's design a tournament. And so he goes, since we're Canadians, let's design it like a hockey tournament where it's a round robin. That way, everybody gets to play multiple times. So you know, and uh, so we did the old blind draft. You know, just pick. You know, I. I, I I did the the name thing, the numbers yeah. after, but for the first first year we just did it. But I remember when we came in, uh, Myron was talking about his uh, his match, the end, where someone can die and a planet blows up. I've heard of this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one way to end a feud. Just blow up a planet with someone left on it because you're fighting for a rocket ship. And <laughs> people, I remember we just going like, hey we're going to hold a tournament and everybody's like, okay, <laughs> they just kind of left Myron in his, his match. And that's how that was the birth of the can of the cup. And Tim Dalton won the first one hmm. with, with Santos. Very good. That was it always like, I know ever since I've been going to Galactica, it's always been four groups. Yep. It's has, always, that, has it always been the entire time? Yeah. Yeah. We cool. divide it into four and no matter how big the group is that way, you know, you can have as many people as you want. And a lot of people like it because, you know, you, you can wrestle four or five times. Yeah. So it's not just, you know, you can have that one bad match where everybody has, you know, everybody's had that bad match where they roll, you know, their first pin's over. Right. And, so, and even if you have a stinker of a card, then you're trying to play the role of the spoiler and see oh, who yeah. you can take out. It's still still, still exciting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can, you can see who, whose day you, you can ruin. Oh, right. if I get this guy, <laughs> out of the ring, out of the ring. <laughs> you're trying to DQ somebody. So yeah, it, it 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 was interesting, and in those early days too, Tom would go around because there were so few people. Tom would go around and ask people about their feds, because he, I think he was generally interested to see how his game was affecting people and how they viewed different wrestlers. So he'd go and he'd sit for you know just for a couple minutes. Tell me you know tell me about your fed, and people loved it because you know. Tom Tom was a rock star of the uh, you know it's his game. So <laughs> the game owners interested in your Fed. That was a big deal. Everybody, you know, you're, you're you know 
anywhere from 10 to you know 18 years old when he came up to me he's like hey tell me about your fed and i'm like actually i don't have a gwf fed because <laughs> rob and myself what we did is uh, after the first year mark ashby told us he, he had like 150 bootleg wrestlers that he made up so he printed them all out and mailed them to me and that became my fed so rob and myself would wrestle cards simultaneously and every few cards, we'd trade some wrestlers. So, you know, he's like, I don't like Commander Sam. I'll send Commander Sam's in my fed. I don't like these guys. And uh, I remember showing Tom, I'm like, I had a talk show in my promotion. Tom's like, what do you mean you have a talk show? I'm like, because I like to figure out how, you know, I, I was more into the storytelling than the actual wrestling. Right, right. The matches for me were secondary. I liked the, the booking and the, you know, I to this day I still storyboard out my matches for like a year. Wow. <laughs> like, like how how the like the whole like all the 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 flow of all the events and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And uh, so I told him I said, um, no, and I showed him my my it was a D twenty for events. You know, I wanted as many possible variations I could have. So D20, you know, D&D guy, I have a D20. I figured all of us down there had a D20. <laughs> and uh, so, I, and I told Tom the history of my, uh, on how I, became, you know, and he wanted to know like how I came up with the idea of the talk show. And I said, I had two talk shows done in mind. And I said, I had uh, the power of play with Proteus. Because I figured Proteus was the, you know, uh, he, he he was like the good guy, you know, who, who you know, the, the smart aleck, good guy, you know, kind of the joker. Mm-hmm. And I had, um, I think I called it five minutes with the executioner. <laughs> the executioner was, was my guy. I, I, I had him like Stan Hansen where, you know, he, had, when he held a title, he never wore it. You know, and if he throw somebody outside of the ring, it was, you know, you throw a person to the turnbuckle. For me, it was, he beat somebody with his belt and, and so he was the bad guy. And then I remember I'm, I'm writing up the back on, on their cards and I'm watching, I think it was wrestling superstars and Johnny Rods was, came on, you know, as, as the jobber. And all of a sudden it hit me. I'm like, why doesn't my talk show guy be an ex pro wrestler who never made it? <laughs> so he's going to have a big chip on his shoulder. And, uh, but I'm like, and I, I'm like, I like the name Johnny, and I'm like, but I want to make it futuristic. So that's when I came up with the name Johnny Rocket. And then, uh, except he, his his talk show was called the Launching Pad, and it, it wasn't held every show. It was held about every five or six shows because my guy Johnny was so arrogant that if you were going to be on his show, it was going to launch. It was like a you know a, a career launching pad. Right, right. And so that's and that's what he did. And then, like, what, two sets later, all of a sudden, Johnny Rocket shows up. And, and I'm like, hey, Tom, you, you can just rip that right off of me. <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, the idea came to me then. <laughs> in, in, his, in his defense, he's probably heard a hundred ideas, you know, constantly. Sure. And so I, I, you know, I don't hold that even – when he said, cause I, you know, I'm just teasing him about it and he got all defensive and I'm like, Tom, I don't care. I think it's cool. Yeah. But, you know, and he goes, he goes, Mike, he goes, I, I hear so many ideas. He goes, I don't even know what's mine sometimes. 
I'm like, I completely believe you. Like, yeah. Like I, I, and being in some of those early cons, we influenced sometimes how the game worked. Sure. Like, um, Rob and myself were in a final for a game, and, and they wrote about it in one of the Galacticons, um, Galactic Newsletters, where it was, a, it was a tournament semifinal, and it was a Titan death match, and I had Lord Nexus taking on Galactic Punisher. And so Lord Nexus throws Galactic Punisher out of the ring because he's got a C ring, and I'm going for the – and all of a sudden, you know, Rob rolls 12, and I'm like, okay, your pin goes up by one. I'm like, what do you mean my pin goes up at one? He goes, who does that? I'm like, you do. I said, we've been doing that for years. He said, stop trying to cheat. It was a house rule that we had. Oh. And then afterward, Tom goes, what do you mean you put the pin up by one? And I'm like, well, I said, on, on the old charts, it's the, you know, if you rolled a 10 or 11 or 12 on a C, or, you know, it was a count out. You won it was an automatic one. count out in the original one, right? Yeah. yeah. I said, but on a Titan Death, if you're going to get counted out, you can't get counted out in a Titan Death match. Right. I said, so we moved the pinup by one. Tom's like, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and then, in, you know, inevitably that, you know, got moved on to the new charts. And there were just little things like, um, you'd tell them things like, uh, I created a, because I was so into bootlegs when I was, because I didn't, I didn't buy my first sets until Galacticon 3. Okay. And then, and that's only because Tom gave me a super deal because he wanted me to start using the cards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this bootleg stuff. You got to yeah. use the real thing. You got to use the real thing. <laughs> so, yeah, he sold, he sold me, I think, the first four or five sets for like $40 just to get me into it. Just, you know, just to like get my fix. Now hey, I kid, I, hey, kid, I got something you're going to like here. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I, I showed him, I created a, because, uh, my grandpa was born in uh, Coalfield, Tennessee. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't even know where that is. I just know that's where he's, he's from. And so to pay tribute to him, I created um, three people from Tennessee, a redneck family. Except I call them the Jones family. And I, I called him Sam Man Jones, who was like the Terry Gordy. Uh, Vengeance Jones, who was Michael Hayes. And Wicked Jones, who was... Buddy Jack Ryan, except Sandman Jones, he had three cards because I was a big fan of the Incredible Hulk. So every three pins, his I got a new card. <laughs> so Tom, that game mechanic, and Tom's like, "That's really good." He goes, "But how do you, you know, how does it work?" And I'm like, "It works good." I said, "But when he gets to his final card, I said, it's it's literally game over because he's, you know, he's gotten so big and massive that his card was, you know, he." Probably broke so many rules <laughs> on, on the gaming, but so if he was pinned earlier on, he was pinned. But if he yeah. kicked out, then he'd get angry and angrier. Okay. Yeah. So for him to get to the final pin, I think the pin started off at a six-three. So you'd have to pin him three times, you know, and then three more times. So he had he had three, you know, before he reached his, you know, his his big his big guy. So I, I think I only hit it two or three times. But Tom really liked the game mechanic, and I think that's how genocide got influenced. Right, right. Because Tom really liked, you know, and I know Tom's a big comic guy. Yeah. And and that's how, you know, you, you were able to, like I said, influence him because, he, you know, you, you tell him it, but it probably sits in the back of his head. And then, you know, five years down the road, he's like, hey, here's an idea. Yep. 
and yep. and that's you know that's how it worked and if you know he remembers that because uh some of the some of the early guys tom really got to uh he'd bounce ideas off of us for wrestling and kevin butcher actually uh called us the inner circle <laughs> so the original guys were like chad tim steve and myself right and then you know he'd, he'd kind of you know run ideas over through us and i i remember one time talking to us and he did the same thing though he'd tell you and he probably has done this to you guys where he'll tell you an idea or an arc but not tell you who it's involved in because he doesn't want to give that away right yeah. Yeah. idea for somebody what do you think of this Okay, and I remember him him telling me about uh, uh, a tag team. He's like, but they're gonna. He goes, and he told me the tag team name above the law, and I'm like, and I immediately guessed who it was because you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I've always hated teams that you name your tag team after the person you're feuding, because what happens if you don't feud that guy in a year? Then you're stuck with that name yeah so you know you're you know, oh gotcha gotcha all right yeah so they, these guys were fighting the law law and order guys so yeah yeah, yeah. so they're called above the law but what happens in a year if you change your mind now they're still called above the law either right. you change your name again oh tom's changed tag team names plenty of times though. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember he goes, and, and i told him i'm like mad as hell I said, Mad Jester Bishop Hell. I said, because what Rob and myself used to do, we used to have so many tag teams, is we would take guys' finishers and merge them. So, you know, uh, he had a tag team of Vanity and and uh, Death Knight, and they were called uh, the Galactic Pulverizers or something like, or Cosmic Pulverizers. So we knew who they were for like, who's Galactic Pulverizers? You know, you're looking at it. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's how we remember to do it. So I would always take names of the wrestlers or their finishers, just so I could remember who. And I remember going mad, and he came up to me about probably three or four years after that, and he goes, "Yeah, he goes, I probably should have went with Mad as Hell." He goes, "That's a great name." <laughs> Kevin Butcher even told me he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes. As soon as you told me that, he goes, my team went from above the law to Mad as Hell the next card. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice. So, I, so you're saying, uh, so you're saying, um, a lot of your focus has been on, uh, you know, booking and stuff. Have you done developed any systems or any kind of other special charts that you, you mentioned? The you know, you started the talker chart, but anything else that you've kind of helped with, like the storyline part of it? There, it's like a more systematic approach. No, for, for me, it just all comes in my, you know, just thinking about it. And I will literally think, you know. I, I drove forklift for 25 years. Most of that time, believe it or not, driving, I'm like, what could I be doing for this, you know, this feud and this, you know, and how, how would I, you know, how am I going to put this? Like, and uh, so I'd and to put it, I, I, I try to focus on a couple guys. Now you, you can't do it with every feud, but the, the major ones, and I would, I'd develop these. And so I'd have my next year written out. And it's, I got to get from, from this point to this point. So I got, okay, this is going to happen in this year. So I have to slowly work it. So it makes sense. So just suddenly you don't have, you know, pit viper teaming up with splatter in the next card. What? 
you know, right. <laughs> that, 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 that bothered me, you know, but, but I don't think Tom expected people just to go, you know, okay, he's suddenly teaming up with them. He probably thought in your head, you're going to make a, you know, make the storyline as well. Right. I know a lot of people, they like maybe don't play out the last couple of cards of a previous year so they can kind of, you know, work once they know the story, work their way in. So that sounds like you're doing that ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. And I, I literally have a few years booked ahead and there are gaps. Like I'll be wrestling with a guy and I'm after a while and I'm like, you know, I just don't like this guy. He's <laughs> either, you know, he's going to retire. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to retire ahead of time or he's going to, you know, or I, I like somebody like Massive. I was a big Massive fan. And Massive was very close to getting 100, 100 uh, singles victories. And I'm like, I'm going to keep him around until he gets his 100th win. And then he'll retire. And so that's, you know, you know and you had the fans behind him because, you know, that's, you know, he made it known. Soon as I get my 100th victory, so I had a countdown ceremony, you know, before every match. Is he going to get it? You know, the, I, you know, I had the fans, you know, just cheering him as you know he goes along. You know, he's getting closer to a milestone because the only person at that time to have that hundred wins was Thantos. Right. So, and no one else had done it, you know, other than other than Thantos. And Massive probably could have did it, but he was, you know, involved with uh, tag matches and, you know, because. It's, it's, I, when it comes to the, the game, I can get ideas from other people too. Like I'll ask people about their ideas. You know, what are they doing in the promotions? I, I actually do read other pe- people's promotions because you can pick up ideas from other people. Absolutely. And uh, uh, Paul Barnes, he gave me an idea for a tag team for Massive. He goes, he teamed up him and Pulsar Prime. And I'm like, oh, I'll give it a shot. That team went on to be probably the greatest team in my GWF history. They were like forty-seven and three. Wow! They just they just couldn't lose because it, it, just such a good chemistry how they how they worked. And I'm like, that's, that's just a weird thing because hmm. sometimes you know two people you don't expect to work together can like uh, Rob. His favorite tag team was Bishop Hell and Invincible Kraken. The <laughs> <laughs> first start off because. You know, you know how you have like choice D and all that stuff. We didn't mm-hmm. follow that, so you we didn't thought, use any of the choice charts. We, we did, but we used um, we look at it like choice H. Okay, I could put you hurt, or I could do the death jump. Well, I'm going to do the death jump, but then you look and you're like, "Oh, I'm an A." Okay, I'm not going to do the death jump. I'm going to do that level two move, and that's the way we thought the game was played. We we had misread the rules. You know, you, you just kind of like. <laughs> You briefly skim it. So we, we just read the rules for like two years. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, when you rolled a death jump with the, with a choice, then and the other guy had an A, would you re-roll on level three or would you re-roll on level two? No, no. Um, if, it was, if it was the little C. Little C, yeah. Yeah. We, we, no, we would just re-roll it because that, that move up thing didn't happen until probably about 10 years after Galacticon. I thought it was it was always there, but it was just never like nobody ever. Uh, yeah, it was, it was one of those things. No one, no one ever. It was like you know the the uh, you know the get out of jail thing in in Monopoly. You know, yeah. you click money in the middle. There's no such rule. Right. Yeah. Parking there. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. It was like eh. 
But I just everybody when they first come to Galacticon, I was like, wait, I'm supposed to do what? <laughs> you know, so it's like, oh, that, that's how it says it. I'm like, oh, I never actually followed that. The first time, the first time I ever remember even reading about the roll up thing, I think was in like the first Ringside Companion, which mm-hmm. which you know didn't come out until I don't remember exactly when it came out now, but uh, but that was the first I became aware of it because when I first started playing, yeah, I didn't I didn't do it either. Um, yeah. But one of the things that's really cool about so much of the, that you've been saying, Mike, is the fact that like there was really this sort of like just creative commune almost where mm-hmm. all of these ideas, you know, were kind of thrown into this pot and traded back and forth. And, and you know, people were, were coming up with new ideas for characters, new ideas for matches, gameplay. And, and then, of course, you know, Tom would take some of this stuff and then synthesize it and put it into the game. And I love that because, it, you know, it's very reminiscent. You mentioned D&D earlier. It's very reminiscent of like early D&D where it was, you know, the idea that people were writing their own modules and writing campaigns and then sending that stuff in. And some of it eventually would be published and actually put into the game and rules would be changed, you know, based off of what people were doing. And I just love the way that that happened, you know, with COTG as well. Oh, yeah, like... Uh, Rob Bobian gave me an idea for a title one time. He he he, he does a gauntlet title. Mm-hmm. Nice. You know, two, the, the champion. You know, everybody's got to fight their way through to get to the champion. And I'm like, I like that. And I still use that title to this day. And, and I I run three feds, and that's you know a, a title in, in one of my minor feds. But I thought that was a a great idea. You know, guys can get more. You know, you can get more wrestling in. Yeah. And I move the pigs up. And so some guy could fight all the way through, but the champ is sitting there, you know, and, and then you hear different people's house rules, you know, because, and, and house rules sometimes, like I said, can, can affect the game. Like um, Rob and myself house rule where, you know, the ping goes up by one. That, that became kind of standard or with the, uh, uh, the can of cups when it came to DQ, you know, we did the, you have to roll your DQ twice. Right, right. That's a Galacticon staple now, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a Galacticon staple, but it started as a Canada Cup because um, one year Mayhem got like five DQs in a row. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> he had like a seven DQ. Right. And, and and I think the year after that, then we changed it to, you know, you got to roll it twice. Gotcha. And and it just, it just became a Galacticon staple because... Uh, how it worked and i remember somebody did, did, did a thing where when you roll initiative if one guy rolls a 12 he jump if he's a bad guy he jumps the guy from behind oh okay and you see that and i'm like hey that's kind of a neat idea you know when you roll initiative if the bad guy rolls a 12 he jumps the good guy from behind attacks him right I'm like you know you don't see it happen often but it happens right and then that's how they worked it into, into their promotion and every so often uh, I'll do a match, and if it if it happens that way, and I'm like, and it's for that character, yeah, I'm doing that. Like I got Wolf as a as a heel, so Wolf's one of the guys I do it with. If Wolf rolls a twelve on his on on his initiative, Wolf's attacking the guy before the bell even starts. <laughs> Very cool. It it, it, it works. It's kind of it's it's fun. Just to, just to, it mixes the game up just a touch. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because they're you know hearing about the house rules and the variations. Uh, I, I know that with the message board, you know they have a section where there's a lot of 
promoter made content but i think it would be really really cool to at some point you know have something like a physical copy of like house rules and things that have you know been kind of uh, uh generated by fans over the years because there's there's so much stuff that i know that people talk about and have questions about and you know we've talked about it on the podcast before uh, you know whether people use like a champion's advantage where you roll twice for a champion's pin or you know we were talking about push rules uh, a couple of weeks ago the ideas for like how you you know, how would you maybe modify a card if you wanted to give a guy a push? You know, would you would you just maybe ignore the first pinfall that he eats and, you know, and, you know, not add tokens or anything, just ignore it. And, and maybe that would give him enough of an advantage to win more matches or something like that. Um, and and because uh, I'm always fascinated with what people have come up with, because I've been a fairly by the book player for, for most of the time that I played. And I've experimented with stuff, you know, sure, especially when I first got the game and trying to kind of figure things out. But some of that stuff, I don't even recall what I used to do. Um, you know, a lot of it was just all in my imagination. Um, um, but there's things that I certainly experimented with, especially like if, you know, if somebody's rolling their pen and you roll double sixes, you know, okay, that must mean that they kicked out big time. You know, maybe they take over on level two offense, stuff like that. But I never really set anything down as an actual house rule that I've used to this day. Yeah. I, I like I said, I, I like reading people's ideas. And sometimes, you know, you think about it like, hey, that, that, that'll actually, you know, that, that actually works. That, you know, um, I can't even remember who told me, you know, I, I wish I could remember, you know, give them credit for, you know, the, the, the person who said, you know, that when they roll a 12 on a heel, the heel tax. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great, you know, it, it doesn't happen to happen every time. But it happens, you know, maybe once every three or four cards, it'll, it'll happen on an initiative. And I'm like, boom. You know, that, that, that's something that it's a house rule. Like my, my only house rule that I use is, um, everybody gets one free kick out. So it's the old mm. one. Two, oh, two, three. <laughs> okay. And, and that's, that's my, that's my own, you know, house rule, but it also eliminates if there's going to be an upset, it's going to really be an upset. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So, you know, I, I, I don't have Beast Rider winning my heavyweight title or anything. <laughs> right, right, right. Which I think is, yeah, it's definitely one of those things about like the that champion's advantage rule, you know, that, that some people use and that I, I, I've used in, in my indie fed. It's funny for whatever reason, when it comes to the GWF, I have a hard time using house rules. I, I usually just play things like strictly by the book. Uh, uh, and I, I don't know why, but that's always kind of been the way I've done things, even with like DQs, which can sometimes ruin a few. <laughs> my, my champion's advantage is I, I lower the champion's pin by one. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that's, that's it. He's, he's a champ. You know, yeah. I, I don't I don't do anything else. His pin just gets lowered by one. Gotcha, gotcha. And just because he's a champ, right? So, um, so you you talked a little bit about so like you know I, I know you didn't start uh, you started a little bit a couple of years in with like the, the actual regular sets and I know you have kind of played an ongoing GWF fed for a period, but uh, I know last time I I checked in with you you were about in twenty one oh six or so. Yeah, I've uh, just started twenty one oh six. You just started twenty one oh six. Have you ever at any point been? current with the storyline you mentioned something about like kind of knowing where you were going in a couple of years but. I, I was current right up until what was the year mad jester came in oh <laughs> uh, yeah that, that. <laughs> that was my last current year that's when you first got the set then yeah 
Uh, yeah, pro- probably a little bit after that because I, I rest, you know, wrestling like a madman. Like, know, like, like real, like real wrestling. The... No, 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 like oh, the game. I oh, the game. Okay, cards a day. You know. Okay, yeah, yeah. Getting through to that point, so you're able to be on on so, top of it then. But caught up, and I stayed caught up for a little bit, and then you know, life happened. Right. Well, how many are... how many fight cards would you do in a year? Um, for me, my fight card is is uh, thirty three cards. So I do I do sets of tens, and then I have a pay per view at the end of each ten. Okay. Nice. And uh, I've done that because I remember um, my, and I think I talked about this in the boards once I had uh, two guys hold on to titles for three years each. Wow. And it was, I remember cause it, I had a, I had a, uh, a super card and the gladiators and Titan power won, you know, the GWF titles were the gladiators, the intergalaxian title were Titan power. And so you defend the title five times, um, five times a year, okay. or well, fifteen times a year. And so sometimes a, a pay per view might not have a title defense because it could be a battle royal or something along that line. Gotcha. But at the end of the year, they're both still champions, and I'm like, I've never had you know had that happen. Fifteen, <laughs> fifteen defenses each. And all of a sudden, boom! It happened again. I'm like, oh. And so that pay per view, I set up a a. a my my first and only excuse me title versus title you have to at that point right <laughs> held a two out of three and they both won a pinfall each wow. and like, oh, you couldn't write this any better and the gladiators ended up winning okay. and coming to an end and so the next day the gladiators show up and they're like we don't want these ig titles you know they're kind of beneath us but we just want to show everybody you know we are simply the best tag team out there and then that next card, they lost to the Beast of Bird. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the dice are monstrous. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned title defenses. I'm curious, how, uh, how many or how often do you think that a title should be defended within the game? Like, I mean, obviously it might be different, you know, for certain titles, but how often do you usually have defenses? Um, I have my, say my GWF. I have the so I have the GWF uh, uh, heavyweight tag and TV title, and they get defended every other card. Okay. So then I, have, I have like my, and then I have a, a another promotion that's got like the Intergalaxian and all that, and so yeah, they get defended three times, you know, and guys work their way up their. Uh, I use a point system, so I. I, I, I've seen a lot of guys using this push thing, you know, where, you know, this guy gets a, a push. I've used a point system. So the best wrestlers get the title shots. Yeah. And then if you, you know, you work your way up and you lose your title shots, well, then you lose a bunch of points and you got to, you know, kind of start back over. Uh, my buddy Rob used a system where you have to beat the guy ahead of you. You slowly move up. And as soon as you get into the top three, you're locked in. And then if, you know, you, you got three title shots, if you lose, you're taken off the list and everybody moves up and you go to the bottom. That's the way, you know, he did his. And I've, like I said, I've never worried about, you know, getting it, you know, the pushes or anything like that. I, I think it's the neat concept, but it also goes down to, you know, your favorites. 
So yeah, I was a big fan of Lord Nexus to Massive. Well, am I always going to give them the push? Maybe a little bit in the back of my head because you know, they're you know they're my favorite guys. So you right. you always want to see them do well. But then you know it doesn't always happen, and so that's why I've never I've never really got into using that that push thing that I see. And a lot of people are using it, but I've just never never got into it. I, I like my little point system, and it, it works well, and it eliminates a lot of upsets, which, you know, some people, some people love the upset. For, for me, if a champ's going to upset somebody, it's got to really be, you know, a huge upset. I think the biggest upset I had in my GWF was battering Ram won the heavyweight title. Oh, wow. But then, he, you know, it was like two defenses and he lost it. Yeah. And it was just a, it was just a fluke thing where, you know, he got to, you know, he ended up getting, I can't even remember how it worked in. I think it was, um, Wolf was supposed to get the shot, but Wolf got hurt. So okay. Wolf needed a substitute and battering ram stepped in. Oh, wow. Okay. So he, he, he didn't even do the ranking system, right? No. He just, he did, yeah. just, <laughs> just took, took somebody else's spot. It just happened where Wolf got hurt in his suit against Bounty Hunter. It was Bounty Hunter and the Gladiators. I think everybody did that Bounty Hunter Gladiators versus Wolf and the Animan. Oh yeah, right. right. A lot of people, mer- you know, merge that 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 little feud, and uh, so Bounty Hunter just, you know, hurt Wolf for like five five title, you know, five days or five matches or however it worked. But Wolf was getting a shot, and so Amazonia, you know, was a manager, and she's like, "Hey, you know, Wolf can't wrestle, but you know, we're getting a substitute," and I, you know, worked that in the storyline. Hey, yeah, battering battering him was a solid guy. Sure. That, that first card, he you know he was a solid wrestler. Yeah, it's you know it's funny because I for me uh, early on I used it sounded like your buddy Rob's system where it was basically like you know I had that ranking list and you know the number five guy would fight the number four guy and the, you know and so on um, and that's what I did for the longest time. And, and, but much like what you're talking about here with Battering Ram, I never let that get in the way of a good story. So if it made sense storyline wise to have somebody maybe you know jump a spot to challenge someone or whatnot that I would go with that. Um, but, but these days, you know, I felt like my GWF, which, which I'm, honestly I've not played in a while uh, is, is, has been more dominated by the storylines. Um, you know, so much of that stuff, especially when you like look at Tom's fed, for instance, is just dominated by like, okay, these two guys are feuding. So they're always going to wrestle one another. And, um, and, and, and I did that for a while. Uh, but certainly with like my legends fed, it's been much more about, uh, kind of a point system like you're talking about. So I'm always interested to hear, you know, what people do uh, rankings wise and how they kind of work uh, uh, that in, especially with storylines. Cause you mentioned you're a big storyline guy and the stories are important to you. So I'm curious how that, how that plays in. Yeah. Like I, I posted it on the, uh, on, on the, the, the Facebook page for, 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 for the, uh, the Phil Singer games. And I, cause I, I actually wanted to know how people do rankings. So I explained how I did mine and people, you know, told me and some people, you know, put in links and, you know, I'd, I'd read the links and I, it's, it, it, it's always been more along the lines of um, for me, it's storyline first and does it fit? And I will use, I, you know, I, like right now I have uh, I, Mung, the um, Panda hardcore guy that Jim Steele made. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. He, he he's in my GWF. He's 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 teamed up with Battering Ram, and uh, 
and uh, he's about to get sent down, but I just might release him entirely because I can't get into the character. Mm. I just, for, for me, he's not somebody I can, I can, you know, I can get behind. I've, I've kind of found him, you know, kind of, kind of boring that way. Uh, other people, you know, it, 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 that's the one thing I love about the game is some people will have, you know, like the Greek gods. People will tell me, oh, the Greek gods was the most dominant tag team I ever had. I'm like, they held the title once for me for like a drink of water. <laughs> Actagon and Lance Atlas, I teamed them up for a long time. Oh, cool. They did well. Okay. But but Proteus and, and uh, um, Actagon. Actagon, no, they, you know, they, they couldn't do anything. But yeah, you, you can have things have things like that with the game. Some some guys like a certain wrestler, or you know, can't stand a certain wrestler. Yeah, and, and so I might not use a guy for that long. I, I I just might write him out. You know, I'll use him for a bit, and I'm like, if I can't think of a storyline for him, he may he may be a you know a great guy. Like I'm worried when I get to the point of uh, monitor any matter and any matter because they're so power creeped up. I'm like, there's a chance I just might not even use those characters. Sure, I've certainly had that, and the, you know, one of the things that that has happened, obviously, in year 2106, so you you're no stranger to this, is that how massive the roster gets at times, and oh. so the you know you do kind of have to say, okay, you know, who who are my favorite guys that that are really going to get more of an opportunity? Because if you were trying to run regular cards and fit in as many guys as possible, I mean, you'd have to easily double the your 33 to 66, and you'd have to have like you know 12 to 15 matches plus on each card to fit everyone in. So I think that it makes sense. To, to kind of cycle guys in just based off of how they're performing for you and the feeling you get from them. I would just run two simultaneous tours at that time. So <laughs> like it was tough to choose. What I do is I run three feds mm-hmm. and I have, I had um, Omega and Morpheus by the GWF. Okay. So they nice. own it. I had um, Lord Nexus and Kraken by what I call my, my uh, NGO fed. And then okay. Magnus Colby runs a CPC. Okay. And so every wrestler that comes in has to start in the CPC. That's the way they have it worked out. And so I use a point system. So the, 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 top, the guys with the top two points move up and the top tag team moves up. And then they move up to the NGO, which is like the middle one. And the NGO, the top two guys move on to the GWF. And they're top tag team, but their bottom two get demoted. Sounds like you've been uh, got something from the soccer world there. That's that's exactly yeah. where I took it from the premier so- soccer, and it, and it works great because sometimes I, I get guys, and then I'm forced to think of, you know, how how are these guys going to work together? Like I had Jack and Diamonds and Mace as a tag team because they were just got kind of thrown together because suddenly they're you know on on the outs, and they kicked ass as a tag team, <laughs> so much so that they moved back up to the GWF roster and are challenging the gladiators gladiator vanguard for the titles. Wow. Wow. It's just like two random guys. And you know, I'm like, this, this is great. It, it worked out well. And you know, Mace no longer has that chip on his shoulder. Cause for him, he's found a guy who can watch his back and that's Jack of diamonds. And so you just work out little, 
you know, it, it's a storyline and that's why I do it because it forces me to think of storylines that, you know, I've always been in control. Well, this is, puts, takes some of that control out of my hands. Yeah. I don't know how you're adapting to it. That's fantastic. I love it. It's, it's, for me, I, I'm excited because I'm right at that point where some guys are moving down or some guys can voluntarily move down. Like I'm having, uh, uh, what are they called? The mercenaries. I, I call them body count. Nice. Yeah, but I'm, because um, soldier portion just got, you know, reduced. Mm-hmm. Well, they're, oh, not gonna be able right, to yeah. that, they're not going to be able to stay at that top level anymore. So they come up and they're like, you know, we're going to take the, you know, we're going to go down. You know, our, our, you know, he's, he's hurt. He's kind of, you know, he's aging basically. And so when I move him down, they're probably going to become, you know, good guys because they're, you know, they're showing that they're putting their team ahead of their egos. And gotcha. so I'll, I'll probably, you know, turn them face just for, just for doing that. And so it's just something I'm, I'm, you know, brewing with in my head. I only got two cards before it actually happens. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's neat. It's a different process than I've, I've ever, I've ever seen before. It's really cool. And it's, yeah. it's, it's forcing me to think of, you know, you know, storylines and stuff. So do you run, so do you run all three of your feds concurrently then? So you'll, you'll run cards for each of them or do you kind of maybe focus on one for a while and then go to, you know, another one? Well, I'll run all three concurrent. Nice. Just so they all finish off at the same, same time. All right. Yeah. Well, I, how, how, it's funny cause yeah. I've used kind of a relegation concept as well, but for me, I don't have another fed to send them to. So I just drop them from the roster and I might cycle them back in later or something like that. But I only do that with my indie fed and a little bit with my legends fed. Um, uh, I've never done it with, with my GWF or, or CPC or ACE or anything before. So that's really, really interesting. What were you going to say, Tom or Todd? I was going to say like, so are you, are you bring still using a lot of bootlegs between the three just to kind of fill out the three rosters then? There's very few bootlegs I use. A lot of them are those uh, GWF. Remember people could, could make their GWF guys and send them in. Yeah. So I use a lot of those guys. Okay. Gotcha. Rosters. And um, I'll use a couple of the NGO guys. I figured since they got the NGO fed that they had to be in there. (laughs) But, but, but like I said, they got to start on their, you know, their bottom and work their way up. Or if, or if I encounter somebody that'll fit in the storyline, like, um, you know, because there's a lot of like Brock Atkinson, he gave me some guys or Sam, you know, I'll look at the guys and I'm like, I might have a spot for this guy and I can use him for a bit on the bottom fed, but that's what, that's what it's for. And if I don't like him, eh, they're out the door next year Okay. and I can introduce, introduce new guys. But so, th- oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so are you doing 33 fight cards for each of the three feds or is it like 11, 11, 11? No, it's what, what, what it is actually is it's, uh, um, it's 15. So I, I do 15, 15 and 15. So I've, I've the, uh, it used to, it used to be 33, but okay. now, cause then now that I'm running three feds, if I did 33 cards, I'd yeah, it's a hundred cards. <laughs> yeah. Never get anywhere. So now I've reduced it to 15 cards. Okay. 15 cards. It says 45 overall between the three yeah. feds. Then. Okay. So I can do it, but I, I kind of got the idea for the, the, the promotion, you know, the, the multiple promotions. Cause uh, I remember I, I got an idea from, you know, in, 
just for wrestling, what if the GWF had a competition? You know, because, you know, Tom writes about, oh, yeah, this guy, you know, in Vec, you know, there's other promotions. That's where these wrestlers come from. But what if one promotion just started slowly get bigger and could compete? And so I wrote up a six-year story arc. <laughs> wow. All, I had all the wrestlers, because I was going to bring it to Tom, and I did, because if I want to bring it to him, I don't want to go in, you know, with him having questions. You know, I wanted all the answers. And so I created, uh, I can't even remember, I, I think I called it the, the Milky Way Wrestling Fed, or MWF or something like that. And I was going to take because I know Tom was looking at clearing guys out. So I was going to take like Earthquake, Mr. Galaxy, Lance Atlas, Holocaust, Count Necros, who's always been one of my favorites. And then I was going to bring back Massive, because he was in retirement. And then introduce 18 new wrestlers. You could have a 24-pack to start off. Nice. And then, but here's, here's where my long play came in. You know, you always hear about the gladiators of Aethra, you know, fighting wars and everything. Who are they fighting? So I created an, an, an alien race. I call them the Kaz or something like that. I can't even remember. And they were going to have two guys in it. And they were known to be, you know, we, we feud the gladiators. And so they were basically, and they were, but every year I was going to add a couple more to the point where there's going to be like 10 of them. And so, you know, they literally are taking over wrestling. So the GWF, and this, and you know, and Milky Way Wrestling Federation, we're going to have to combine forces to take out the gladiators. So you're going to have a mix of all different people. And that was my, that was my long play. And so I told Tom this, and he listened to it all. And he goes, "You know, Mike." He goes, "It's a great idea." He goes, "But I've already got Mark Ashby working on something like this." <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Mark had his own. That's where Mark got his own promotion. Right. But that's what I said. People can get the same ideas and, you know, you may not know, but I'm like, Hey, this is a great idea. And all of a sudden yep, it's comes, already been done. <laughs> Mark doing it. I'm like, and I told him like, Hey, if you know, if, you know, he ever gives it up, you know, I, you know, I'd like a shot. And he's like, okay. All of a sudden I'm like, Chris Dosk is writing a fed. What? <laughs> <laughs> and yep. you know, I, I, I hold no ill against those guys. I just thought it was, you know, it was just, you know, something for me to keep involved in the game because I liked, you know, I like to be, you know, doing stuff with the game. And, you know, that was a you know, a huge story arc. And I remember Holocaust was going to feud somebody else from his planet and I was calling him Nuclear Chaos. And I remember, I don't think Tom liked the name Chaos, like Nuclear Chaos, because he already had a chaos and, you know, you don't like to mix names. Sure. Well, speaking of your involvement with the game, I mean, you've, you know, I would just say we brought you on here for Galacticon month. You have attended 30 straight Galacticons up until last year when we were online. You did attend that as well. So that one counts there. <laughs> uh, I, I remember back, my first Galacticon was number 10. And I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was you, Chad, Tim. Oh, that award! Five people that got an award got a got a plaque, right? Yeah, there was uh, Kurt Campbell, Kurt, yep, and Dave Schaefer because he had been to nine. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, we all got we all had it. We all got some little award for making it to the top 
to, to the first ten. I think Steve Minskoff as well. I thought I think Steve Minskoff was in there too. Yeah, yeah. He was he was sleeping on a couch somewhere. Yep. So yeah, at that point. But um, but yeah, no. I mean, there's a, you've been in it to all thirty. Now I've heard in the past some some crazy stories about ones that you didn't think you were going to make and made last minute. Do you, do you have any good stories of kind of crazy adventures making it to Jamestown? I always try like. For me, it became, you know, it was part of the game. And then I start, even when I wasn't playing the game, it was going because I had, like, I get to see you guys once a year, like just before Zoom and everything else. And so that became really important to me. I just, you know, I get to hang out with you guys once a year. I wanted to see these guys. There's there's one time we're at the, uh, we're playing at the college. And there was Pete Beck. Tim Dalton, Mark Ashby, and myself were playing Euchre. Yes. And Tom's doing one of his, his, his talks in the game, and somebody comes in and goes, why are you guys playing Euchre? And we look at him, and we're like, because this may never happen again. And that was the very last con Mark Ashby attended. Right, right. Like, we're, you know, it was completely something different. Were, hey, let's play Euchre. And we just sat down and played Euchre for like two hours. <laughs> but it was just sitting down as friends like you know we're just you know we're trading partners and just every you know just doing different things but yeah making it to the convention especially when i didn't have my driver's license for the first probably 15 of those years <laughs> Wow! <laughs> i didn't get my driver's license till i was 33 wow and when i first drove down to the con i only had a beginner's which meant I couldn't even drive on a highway or it would be illegal, but I did it anyway. So you're driving a forklift before a car then is what you're telling us there. I, I had nine licenses before I had a, before I had a, a car license. Amazing. <laughs> I could drive everything short of a tank. I could drive a car. I had no issues with it. Right. But like, I remember one time uh, I lived close to, I lived in St. Catharines, which is 20 minutes from the U S border. So my wife literally drove me down to Tim's place and Tim drove me back then my wife picked me back up from Buffalo. Uh, and because I, you know, I had jobs that, you know, didn't have a lot of money. A lot of times I would literally drive down with an air mattress. Like, Hey, I'll pay you 20 bucks to sleep on your floor. Yep. Don't <laughs> <laughs> ride me about that today. I can't, I, I room with Pete Beck, um, Steve Minskoff, Tim Dalton, uh, Rob Bobian and and the Detroit guys, Brett yeah. and Matt. Uh, well, you did, you did do indie wrestling, so like even an air oh, mattress yeah. is like better than some other uh, sleeping arrangements <laughs> you probably had in the past. Oh yeah, <laughs> sleeping twelve wrestlers to a room because we realized we could save money if everybody pays eight dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that happens on the road. But uh, I remember, yeah, there were a couple times where I remember talking to. To, to Rob Bobian and he called me up just out of the blue and he's like hey he goes are you getting ready to come down and I'm like dude I don't think I can make it I said my wife can't drive me down and uh, I said I can't find anybody to go and he's like I'll pick you up <laughs> yep Rob and Brett actually drove from Detroit to Cambridge you know down to Jamestown and, and uh, Matt Dickendesher was with us and you know we you know I wouldn't have made it with, that year without them because they, you know, they, they drove to Canada to get me. 
Yeah, they to the Windsor, uh, Windsor Bridge yeah, over they, there, they and made their way across they, they Ontario. Crossed, yeah, yeah, they, they crossed the bridge to win. It, it's not a big deal. It was pretty much the same same amount of time. And uh, yeah, there were times I remember I've got stopped at the border more times than I can count because they're like. <laughs> What are you, you know? What are you going down for? And I remember the one guy. I'm like, oh, I'm going to a wrestling convention. Usually, you say that, and they're just like, "See you, loser." <laughs> you know, off you go. And I remember one time the guy's like, uh, "What are you going down for?" I'm like, "Going to a wrestling convention." He's like, "Who's gonna be there?" Like now they're quizzing me, and I'm like, "Well, I said the guest this year is uh, Gary Michael Capetta." And the, and the the, uh, the border guard goes, "Ah, the WCW ring announcer." he goes oh good you know there you go and then you know i worked at a brewery for 10 of those years so i would bring so much beer down yes wow (laughs) i've I've had many of those beers yes (laughs) and uh so so many of my nights involve alcohol (laughs) (laughs) i remember remember going to a bar with tim and steve and i was only 19 but i was getting served down there and uh, it's funny. We, so we go to a club and I go in the club and then I realize my wife, she was parking the car, still has. So I, I leave the club to go get my, my wallet and come back. And then the, another bouncer goes, hey, do you have ID? And I'm like, oh, oh boy. Uh... So Tom comes up and Tom's. Tom and Steven, you know, we'd all been drinking at the Cherry Lounge. Oh, yes. <laughs> We've been there before, yes. And uh, Tom comes up and he goes, hey, he goes, do you go to JC? I'm a professor at JC, and I'm telling you, this guy's 25 years old. <laughs> the, guy has, the guy has my ID, and he goes, so you're 19, eh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, goes, How much have you had to drink? And I'm like, about 10 beer. I said, but it's American beer. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, he goes, yeah, you can go inside. He goes, just don't start any fights. Not an issue, buddy. There you go. <laughs> and, and for me, the, the funniest story happened at the Cherry Lounge. And I still feel bad about Kevin Weibel. Most people <laughs> have heard this story. And you probably haven't, Sam. So Kevin wanted to run a tournament at a bar with some other with some other people because well, we were doing it we were doing a set release it was for the yeah. the first color gwf set yeah we had the set was there. at like six o'clock yeah so the, there was nobody really at the bar yeah. but the bar would fill up by about eight o'clock and just be packed and uh so kevin brought this dice bag of about 300 dice in this great big bag <laughs> and i remember it was I was pretty drunk. I'm sitting beside Rob Bobby and we're talking and Chris Osk is in front of me and Kevin goes, Hey, can you pass me my dice bag? I'm going to go home. And I grab it, but I didn't realize I grabbed it at the bottom. And when oh I, no. I dumped out all the dice. And I remember Bobby telling the story. He said he saw it in slow motion. He's like, no. <laughs> dice go everywhere. And I can't stop laughing. And I look over at Chris Osk and he's laughing so hard. He's crying. <laughs> and then people are trying to pick up the the dice and it's all over the dance floor now all these dice and oh, i'm like i feel so bad but uh, and there's all these civilians being like what the hell is going on <laughs> <laughs> they were finding dice for like weeks all over the place in the kitchen it just 
I don't know how many dice Kevin lost that day, but uh, I feel so <laughs> bad. One of the funniest moments, and you know, it's it's sometimes it's the after thing. Yeah, because we've all gotten to be such good friends that, like, my um, Tim Dalton is my daughter's godfather. Oh wow! So that's yeah. that's that's how close you know you know Tim was at my wedding, and you know guys have you know gone to different weddings and uh. Thing, things like that so it's it's the group has become you know you know really close like i remember when rob was in the hospital bobian was in the hospital for his heart transplant i'm coming back from st louis we drove hours out of the way so i could go visit rob give him a surprise because Br- brett bays told me where he was you know gave me gave me all the information i walk in i remember knocked on the door and i poke around the corner and rob's like Holy crap. <laughs> but, you know, you know, I, I talked my family into driving. It was like three hours out of the way, to, to, you know, to go see Rob. But I'm sure that absolutely made his oh, yeah, day, he was, week, he everything. Was in the yeah. hospital for nine months, you know. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm like, hey, if I can do this, especially after what he did for me, I have, you know, I'll do it. You know, it's not even a second thought. That's how, that's how, you know, close some of these, you know. Some it, it, it's a family, right? You know, I say it's our family reunion in, in July every year. That's, that's why I have to go down. Like, I, it, it, it's also the streak. Like, I, didn't, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I didn't think of it as a streak, but it was just something I have to do because I like to, I like to hang out with you guys. Mm-hmm. Every year, and it's the only time I can do it. Like yeah. I'd see Tim every so often because you know we we see each other. He'd come up and because he only lived a couple hours away. But driving, you know, when it's in Philadelphia, I'm driving twelve hours. Yeah, that's a lot. Do it in one shot. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know that's when I first met Wiggy. Right. You know, she, she came up for a convention and then she's like, can you drive me home? What? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I remember I, I dropped her off from Hamilton and I got a speeding ticket. I'm like, oh, oh no. Because <laughs> the one highway, you come off the highway and you're doing a hundred, hundred click off the highway, but it goes, it drops to a 60. Oh boy. In like In like 30 meters. Oh yes, yeah. And it's those. over a bridge. So as soon as you hit the top of the bridge, it drops to a sixty, and it's like, eh, bing, and I got got a ding, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's, you know, it it like I said, it it's a fun time. I I I wouldn't trade any of it for the world. Like going to, I used to love going to the Jammers games. Yeah. That that was always a, a good time. And I remember one time I took uh, Jeff Manning on the 25th Galacticon. Mm-hmm. We wanted to go check out the game. And buy some stuff. And I walked up to the front door of the of the baseball arena of the, the stadium. And the game's going on, and I told Jeff, "Don't say a word because you know your accent will give it away." And I'm like, "Hey," I said, uh, "We're from Canada." I said, "Just driving through." I said, "Is it possible for me to go in and watch a bit of the game?" Yeah, he goes, "You're from Canada, and you came here." Yeah, yeah, sure. Walk in for free. We got in for free. <laughs> 
And Jeff Manning's like, I can't believe you just walked up to a, a baseball stadium and said, hey, I'm from Canada. Can I come in for free? And they said, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> we got well, you, you got to throw out a first pitch or something at the game, at one of the games, didn't you? Yeah, I got, and I still have the ball. It's funny because it says Detroit Tigers ceremonial first pitch. I leave that facing out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it the Detroit Tigers logo on it. Nothing, you know, it's got the Jammers logo on the other side, but the Detroit Tigers is, you know, that's the cooler logo to face out because it's a well, ceremonial first pitch. Was they, were they a Tigers affiliate? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Well, they, they've been an affiliate for a, 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 the first time I went down, they were a, an Expos affiliate. Right. I know they change around all the time. But yeah. they, were, they were a Marlins at one point and Tigers. But yeah, I got to throw an opening pitch. It was funny because Chad and all they were like, he's going to bounce the ball. He's going to bounce it. <laughs> and I remember I threw it to the catcher and the catcher comes up to give me the ball back. And he comes up and he looks at me and he goes, God, you're huge. <laughs> and then I'm standing in line, you know, at the concession stand and these guys are picking fights with me. Hey, you want to go, Mr. Pro Wrestler? I'm like, oh, man. Oh, boy. And then there's a guy in front of me. And I, you know, I basically I tell him, no, no, no. And security kind of sees what's happening and walks him off. And the guy who's in front of me turns and goes, does that happen a lot? And I'm like, more often than you'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Never a galactic. Kind. I don't think anyone's ever picked a fight with you there. So no, there was one time we, we, we come out of the, uh, a bunch of us went out for supper at the, the Taco Hut. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And Minskoff is there, and I'm walking with Minskoff, and he's in front of me, and he looks back, he goes, you know, he goes, I feel like I'm going to pick fights with somebody, and you're going to just back me up. <laughs> he's going around and being all, he's like, hey, hey. And I'm like, Steve, no. <laughs> I'm in a different country. I do not want to get arrested. Yeah. I won't be allowed oh, back See all these all these Jamestown landmarks we're talking about the Taco Hut, the Cherry Lounge, you know. Sam, you missed out on all this. All these. I years. know, man. I know. I know. It's funny because Rob uh, Rob told me the beginning of the dice story, uh, but I never heard the full story until now. So it's like it's weird that I got like the setup like weeks ago, but just yeah. now I'm finally getting the punchline. <laughs> uh, he said, it's, it's, been, it's been great. And so many, you know, so many things happen and you meet so many people. Like I remember I used to bring my wife and daughter when they, you know, because uh, Minskoff, he, he, on the very first one, his, his first wife was there. And then nobody brought their wives because or their girlfriends. Or they came one year and they're like, yeah, that's okay. And they never had to <laughs> <never> return. <laughs> Rob Obian brought a girlfriend once and then, you know, she wasn't his girlfriend after that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but you know, I, I brought, and then I, I brought my wife and, and daughter and it was funny cause, um, she came, my daughter's been to like four Galacticons. Uh, Steve actually was the guy who got Tom to release two sets a year. Oh, nice. okay. that, that was Minskoff pushing that. Oh, interesting. Didn't know that. Cause yeah, he, he basically told him you can double your profits. <laughs> so it's true. Like, not a bad idea. <laughs> it, it, it honestly took me years. I was the guy that got Tom to do the release at the uh, conventions. I okay. tried for years to, to get him to do that, and Tom didn't want to because I think he saw how guys went after Bendis. Because mm. uh, Brian Bendis, you know, came to a convention, yeah. but his his you know he, he released that uh, the blue artwork and stuff. Oh, for the classics or whatever? 
Yeah. And he took – for a Q&A, people just raked, raked him over the coals. Ooh. They were not – I remember my buddy Rob came down to that one, and he's holding up a picture of Stin. And he goes, see this chest hair? He goes, I used to draw it when I was eight, but I called it Leaves on Trees. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! <laughs> All over a Bendis, and he took a, he took a beating. Oh boy! Yeah, and, uh, I don't think he's worried about it anymore. <laughs> no, I don't think he's worried about that now. But. <laughs> I was like, you know, I I don't think he could have handled it. You know, he released a set and it was bad, and mm. then people just laid into him. Okay. And I'm like, they're not going to do that to you. Right, you'll, you'll be good. And finally, he did start releasing it. Yeah. Well, I think the one thing that was that was you know for a little while we had it released there, and it was released on like the Saturday when everybody got there, and but then, then for like did. three or three hours it would just be silence and everybody would be reading, and we wouldn't be doing anything. So no, I, like, I like the Friday night release. The better. Friday night worked definitely worked better. Definitely. But I, I remember because Bendis come up to me afterwards because I re- I released uh, a set. Tim Dalton was a Randy Bugdale. Uh-huh. Uh, he did the artwork for us, and I, I did Corin Walker, but I had the the chains attaching, so the pictures made one big picture. Nice. And, and Bendis comes up and he goes, "Are you you're the artist?" I'm like, "No, no, no." I said, "That's a friend of mine, Randy." He goes, "Tell this friend, Randy." He goes, "I want him working for me." <laughs> and I told Randy, and Randy's like, "No, I can't do comic books." He goes, "I I can't handle that much pressure, constant." Mm. He goes, "A graphic novel that come out once a year." But, you know, that's a good segue into the – but it was funny because Brian, Brian asked me, he goes, do you mind if I use your idea of the, the combined pictures? Yeah. He goes, Tom wants me to do a tag team, which ended up being Rack and Ruin. Oh, okay, cool. Where they, where they you know, the pictures merge. And, and a lot of the guys use it now. For, oh, for yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, – but th- that's a good segue into the, uh, the um, auction yeah absolutely yeah so please tell, I, don't I, mean, know I think a couple people on the, the the facebook group have seen it but what, what are you what is planned have you seen the picture sam i, I haven't actually uh, um i got rain because yeah todd todd can send it to you yeah i'll just see if i can call it up here i got i got rain i've known randy since i was about 16 and he's always been a, a phenomenal artist but he's very uh um Detailed oriented. Mm-hmm. So when he, his, you've probably seen some of his artwork. He did Serpentine and uh, absolutely and Hunger. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so I know I, I got an idea for the uh, you know the auction, help out the auction. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll ask Randy to do a picture. I'll, I'll cover the cost of the picture, but you know to, to help out the auction. And so I'm like, what's a good guy that, you know, that's never been, you know, done? And I'm like, chaos. I said, Todd's a big chaos fan. I said, you know, that would help boost up the uh, the price. There, yeah, there's the picture there. That's incredible. That's incredible. I think I did see it because it was on Facebook, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did see it. I did see it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so Randy did this and then he goes, it's for an auction. He goes, it's for a good cause. He goes, I'll waive the cost. Oh, Wow. And so this will be up for auction. I got to go pick it up. Now, it's still going to cost me a tank of gas because I got to drive like 100, well, 200 kilometers round trip to go pick it up because he won't mail it. Hmm. So if I can make it to the convention, and he wanted to do it on a black a black card, 
Yeah, that's unique. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Like that's he goes. I've never seen. He goes because I told him, you know, and he's actually a member of the of the the Phil Singer Games Facebook page. Right. Right. Yeah, I've seen him on there. Because I guess he, he, you know, him and Warner have have talked back and forth, <clears throat> and uh, so he um, he goes he goes. Can I do it on black? Yeah, sure. He goes. Okay, what's what's with this cube? <laughs> and, uh, and like he gets his powers from he goes what color is it i'm like i've always pictured it as like a glowing blue white thing like the, the tesseract right yeah. right yeah and he's like okay and he goes what what color is his skin <laughs> and i'm like you couldn't make it human colored i said for me chaos was i've always pictured him as white skin like an albino mm. You know, just it's it's one of those things where people have different views of the game. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, back when the black and white days, you know, everybody yeah. had a different idea. Yeah. Right. You, know, you talk to people. Comrade Terror's red for some people, or he's green. Yeah. And so I'm like, so he's like, I'll just make him, you know, skin colored. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know that's why he's holding holding the cube, and uh, so yeah. I, 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 I think it. I think that's going to be the one piece everybody you're going to see some some serious bidding on. Pete, oh I yeah, think both said you know we're, we're bidding on that. I think Todd, you're going to. Oh yeah, I'll put I'll put some bids in. I'll see how I'll see how long I last in there with, with the with the the big guns. But <laughs> that's that's you know that's got me excited. You know, just just to be there, and I'm really I'm really hoping to make it this year. Like um, there's, there's talk on opening the border at the end of this month. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's kind of kind of close. I was I was going to ask you what what do you thought the chances were. So if I, we're we're thinking of maybe I'll I'll get a hotel room. If not, it'll be one of the ones where I show up with my air mattress, going, "Hey, <laughs> who wants a roommate for a night?" <laughs> it, can be, it can literally be very last minute because it all depends on on the border. Right. Now, if I flew across, I can fly down, but then the issue is coming back. Right. I have to quarantine, and the quarantine's at my cost at another hotel that they put up for like yeah. a week. So that would end up costing me probably about $2,000 just in hotel costs. Right. Just, just, that's what I'm like, eh. Maybe you could fly down and we could somehow drive you back. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but yeah it's, it's, like I said, it's a very, you know, it, it, it's going to be a, a very touch and go at the very last minute. If I can make it down, I have, I have no problem, you know, straight driving the 12 hours by myself. Maybe. My wife still probably won't come down. I wanted to try to get her to down to meet. Mm-hmm. You know, because some of the people, you know, um, you know, Brock brings his wife, Diane, and their kids. Yeah. Smoke has brought you know his 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 newest member. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, so, so many people have brought their kids. You know, uh, Pete brings his wife now, uh, Lori. So it, it, it's y- you can see the game actually does become a family affair. At sometimes people bring other people. I remember because one time, um, my, my wife, Kurt's wife, Chad's wife, and a bunch of the wives just got together, and Dave Schaefer's wife, and all just went out. <laughs> shopping amongst themselves 
go to the Lucille Ball Museum, you know, something like that. <laughs> There's a mall in Jamestown, and they went to it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, they found it. <laughs> I, I well, I you, you, you could always also, you know, make it a family vacation. I know people who've done that, too. That's how they've gotten the family to go. It's like, okay, you know, we're making this part of a whole trip and make it worthwhile for everybody. Oh, oh, we, oh yeah, we, we, we very well could. That's what I'm, I'm trying to talk my, my wife into, but it all just depends on, on the border. Sure. And if uh, we can get our, like, we've all had one shot, you know, we can, we can all get our second. Mm-hmm. She's very paranoid about that. If not, she'll be like, you know, if I do go down, she's like, you're wearing a mask full, the whole time you're down there. I'm like, okay, you know, if that's, you know, if that puts her mind at rest, then, you know, I, 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 I have no issues because I don't know where everybody's been. You know, everybody's right. in the country. You know, that's what it takes. It's, you know, I, I don't mind it. I got a beard mask. Looks like a you know big Western thing, but it- <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get Darkos in as your manager. You know it'll be great. <laughs> if, if not, you know, hey, I'll, I'll you know I'll do the I'll do the online thing. But that's why I think you know guys like Sam like oh, Chicago's too far. <laughs> yeah, five hours. Uh, no, it'd be for it'd probably be about a nine-hour drive. Yeah. You do that you're than that. Yeah. I'm drunk. It took me 14 hours one year to come home from Philly. Oh, jeez. Oh, to, yeah, I know it's a bad border time, yeah. And I had to come, and I, I had to drop Wiggy off. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because we're driving back, and my friend Craig said, I'll, I'll drive partway home because he was still hungover from the night before. So was Wiggy. <laughs> yes. so I'm, the only, I'm the only sober one. We're driving to just traffic jam after traffic jam after traffic jam and 14 hours later i'm still driving i'm like you want to take over craig's like i don't drive highways at nights now like, son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> by the end my nerves are my nerves you know they're just shot you're, you know it's 14 continuous hours on the road yeah i've done i think it's close to that not quite that much close to that when i went out to cleveland that's probably the longest i had I, I, cleveland's no big cleveland's eight hours right for you yeah so what what I did last year or the year before was I drove to Tim's place, yeah. slept overnight with his, and then drove down. It, it was much quicker because, you know, that takes three and a half hours off my trip. Plus whatever border time and stuff like that. So, yeah, that makes it so yeah, I found crossing at Niagara Falls, there's no border. Like, th- th- there's no people at the border. It's literally like one, one or two people ahead of you. Oh, that's not too bad. All it's, right. a, it's, a, it's a small border crossing that no, no one goes to. It's like a secret thing. In, cross, out. It was beautiful. I wish I would have remembered that from the time before where I was stuck, you know, three hours in line at a at, at, at the border. <laughs> oh, man. Some of those things you're going to think about uh, traveling domestically here, but... <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. That's what I said. I, you know, I've, hey, we could have a con up in Canada. I've earned it. Right. <laughs> well, there's there's also the long the long talked about con out in Las Vegas. I know yep. that was before my time. That was even talked about. That, that was Minskoff's idea for Galacticon 25. Well, instead we had uh, we had Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor uh, being Star Wars and Thanos instead. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like I said. You know that that that, that was a good show as well. And yeah, you you know the. Uh, uh, you know, I, I I ended up talking to a bunch of the guys, you know a bunch of the guys from that show, and I remember watching that, that show going, and I can't remember who I was standing beside, and I'm like, oh my god! And they're like, I think it was one of the uh, the Molesky's. 
Uh-huh. Like what? And I'm like, Doink had just no sold Stevie's kick. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There's going to be a fight. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the classic star right there. <laughs> yeah. he's, like, he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. And then I, I even enjoyed that, that, that card we went to in Pittsburgh. I, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know the promotion. Uh, yeah, um, IWC, I think there if i'm not mistaken yeah i remember because uh pete and laurie back were sitting behind me and uh laurie's flinching at all the moves and pete's like he's like i don't flinch until mike flinches he goes if he looks at something and goes oh he goes there was a screw up (laughs) (laughs) there were three or four where i'm like how did that guy not break his neck like oil fan landed wrong on one of the things and i'm like oh yeah okay We've had a pretty good string, I guess, the last couple of years. I guess ever since 25, we've been doing – every year there's been some type of wrestling thing. Sometimes it's just worked out that way. You know, yeah. This year even too, we have like uh, – ends up being uh, this MLW show in Philly the same weekend, like a big one at the arena, and I think an ROH show the next day not too far away. So it's been a pretty good run of like if you want to come to Galacticon now, like I think the expectation is there's going to be some wrestling in town too, So which is kind of cool for a wrestling convention. It kind of makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. If I do come down, I probably skip the shows because a lot. A lot of times I do too, but it's nice to have the option there oh, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I don't, I just don't trust crowds right now. Oh sure, uh, at this point, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's it's another year, right? It's funny because uh, AAW has been running shows again uh, recently, and I just haven't felt comfortable going. Uh, they have one this Friday though, and Daniel Garcia is going to make his his Midwest debut, and uh, I, I really want to see it. He's, he's going to take on Fred Yehai, which should be an awesome match. But I'm just like, ah, I just don't know if I'm ready to to go do that. Uh, hopefully, I'll feel differently Labor Day weekend because that's when you've got the big. Second oh, yes. City Summit and and all out. It's going to be crazy. I mean, there's going to be uh, just a ton of wrestling the whole the whole weekend. It's basically going to be, you know, close to Mania weekend basically with the number of shows that you're going to have. But yeah, uh, I was already looking up tickets to Chicago. I'm like, hmm, <laughs> what can I figure out here? But I don't know. I'm still yeah, still. I mean, not everybody's not everybody's Zeke going to you know. I know, I know. The yeah, last year there, but Zeke, uh, Zeke goes to a crazy amount of shows. Oh yes, he does. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he 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 was going to more shows than I was wrestling on at one point. Every so often, the promotions I'd work for would have a you know a bigger name, you know, and sometimes like we had Tracy Smothers. And Tracy, you know, was already signed with the game, so you know, there's no, no point. But it was funny. I spent probably an hour after a show with Tracy talking booking. Mm. Oh, neat! He did. He did something I've, I haven't seen any other, uh, you know, named big name people. He sat at the curtain and watched everybody's matches, and when mm. they came back, he, he he told them what he thought of their match and what they could do to get better. That's awesome. I've heard of him doing that at AIW before. That's so cool. I've never seen yeah. anybody do that. I'm like, and I remember after the show, he comes up and there's this guy, Jimmy King, and he goes, he goes, You two look like your vets. And we're like, you know, and we told and he sat and talked booking and how we'd book shows and do this and that. Wow. And he he was a great guy. And the, the, the last name guy I was on, on the show with, it was funny, was Chris Masters. Mm. And I'm like, hey, you know, and I tried to talk him into the game, and he's like, What's my financial? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm gonna put you 
contact with this guy, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did just release the Chris Masters card. I don't know if oh, you, he, you saw he, it. He's a he, he he's another great guy. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because after I tried, uh, we did th- I did three shows in a row with him and just sat beside him all the shows. And he tried all weekend. To, to, he was like, "Dude, you got to buy a Twitch." <laughs> he's a huge gamer. Oh, okay. And yeah. he takes his Twitch everywhere he goes. He goes, he goes, buy a Twitch. He goes, we can play all these games together. No, I'm not buying a Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> you should have said, what's my financial? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking video games. And one of the other guys walks by and he goes, yeah, I can imagine, I, I can imagine Harley Race and, Bru- and Dick the Bruiser just looking at you guys shaking their heads. <laughs> uh... Harley takes a drag from his cigarette to pull off his beer. Yeah. <laughs> on, on that card, Josh Alexander was mm. there. Yeah. And, and Josh is a phenomenal worker. Yeah, he's incredible. I probably did 40, you know, 40 shows with Josh. Been in the ring with him only a couple times for Battle Royals. And I'm like, hey, Josh, can I sign you to this game? And he goes, I can't. I'm already signed with, a, with another card game. I'm like, what card game? And he goes, some guy named Tom Figure. <laughs> Tom, Tom Finger signed me to it. You know, I got signed to his game. I'm like, Tom Filsinger? He's like, yeah, that's it. I'm like, this is the same game. He goes, oh, he goes, I'm, I'm good then. <laughs> that's hilarious. Wow. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> he, it was funny. Uh, uh, if you don't, uh, do you mind if I told a Josh story? Not at all. Go ahead. Uh, so we're doing, a, we're doing a battle royal. And uh, we had four rookies going to be in this battle royal, and so uh, you know I'm I'm the ring vet twenty you know twenty plus years, and I told the rookies I said at one point they're going to put you in a, into a corner, and everybody's just going to take chops. I said, do not block any chops, just take them. <laughs> and they're like, okay. And the first and and you know couple guys take the shots and that's it you know no no big deal they just want to you know here's your introduction to, to to pro wrestling kid give him a couple stiff chops josh gets a guy in there and the kid throws up his arms to block the chop <laughs> i'm standing right beside josh and i'm like oh i just turn my head josh puts the kid's arms over the over the ropes makes him stick his chest out and just hammers like five oh. shots his chest and beat red and then just grabs him and toss him off to the sun, like over the ropes. I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> 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 and, uh, I remember because we're fighting and, you know, we know who's supposed to be the final four. And as a big guy in a battle Royal, my job is to be the big guy, throw a couple of guys out. And then usually the eventual winner tosses me out because it helps him, you know, look good because he just threw the biggest guy out. So I remember I, I'm, I'm beating down Josh and I look over and I'm like, Josh, I'm number five. <laughs> 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 Josh goes, oh, he goes, okay. He goes, go to the throw me out. We'll do the reversal. Okay. <laughs> Josh, Josh dumps me out. But it was just funny that way. And I'm like, oh, and Josh was the eventual winner of that, of that battle royal. So it made sense for him. But yeah, that was just funny. We're like, I'm just watching Josh. And he just unloads on some guy. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Cross if if you're a pro wrestler crossing the border. If you told them you were wrestling or got caught, 
you're not allowed in the country anymore. Oh, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The five-year ban. I've heard it. Yeah. And Speedball, Mike Bailey, another guy who just got signed, you know, yeah. I've with him yeah. on card. You know, he just signed with WWF. But when, when I wrestle, wrestle or may not have wrestled in the States, <laughs> um, I did under a mask or may not have done it under a mask <laughs> and left a gimmick with another wrestler I knew down there. That way, and my bag, that's why I said my bags got searched. I got pulled over quite a bit because, mm. you know, the guys are jealous. Wrestling can be a kind of a petty thing. And so when guys go down, oh, you're flagged. Can we search your stuff? I have no wrestling gear. Mm-hmm. What, are you, what are you going down for? You know, you're not, you know, I'm going down to watch this wrestling show. Are you wrestling on it? No, there's no, I have no wrestling gear. <laughs> no, I just have my running shoes on. You know, there's my underwear, you know, socks, pants. There's no gear. There's no pads because it may all have been kept with someone else. That's smart. <laughs> and, and the reason you know, there'd be a mask because there, there's never any photographic proof. That's why there's a 10 year gap in my wrestling career. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. It's, it's, I've never told a lot of the people about, you know, now I'm done. You know, there's, there's no, I don't know if there's a statute of limitations on that, but, and, and that's, that's what happened. That's why there's a, you know, people looking, I'm like, I can't find you from here to here. Well, <laughs> 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 can you find this guy over here? You know? <laughs> Good reason I don't for that. Tell people. I don't even tell people that because I don't want one to get that promoter in trouble because he'd, he'd get in trouble yeah. sure. for, for hiring, you know, somebody without a green card mm-hmm. and I could possibly get in trouble. Sure. So that's why I never, I never said anything. Well, yeah. hopefully when we get you in the Galacticon in person, we can find out, uh, you know, when there's no recording devices going on, maybe what the name of the gimmick was there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Mike, this has been, this has just been a blast. Uh, the stories that you've had to tell from, you know, your memories of wrestling, your career, and, and then of course, uh, all the involvement with the game and Galacticon, it's been a big thrill. And especially for somebody like me who, you know, I've been playing this game now for going on, you know, 30 years and, and yet haven't been as big a part of the community, uh, until recently. And so to just hear about the, the fabric of the community and how important it is, you know, to, to the people people in it and to the promoters and to the game, um, how essential it is to, to what we have today. And, and the fact that there are like three or four podcasts now devoted to the game, there's, you know, uh, how many game editions come out every year? I mean, it's, it's in double digits. So it's, you know, I mean, the, the fact that there's so much happening now and to, to hear your perspective, you know, going back 30 plus years is just, is really cool. So I really appreciate you, you coming on and sharing these stories. And obviously the door is always open. We'd love to have you back on and, and talk more oh thanks like i said it was a great time there's you know so many people that have like i said over the years who have helped me out um jeff manning one time got a a, a go fund me because my daughter started school right? oh yes yes, yes. Oh, man. I, had to come up with, I had to come up with sixteen thousand dollars for schooling and her apartment and all this in one lump sum so i'm like uh, i have i literally have no money i just had to fork out 16 grand me and my wife for you know my daughter's university her food budget and her her uh her rent which all had to be paid ahead of time and then i didn't even know it and a guy named chris sinclair he goes 
there's a GoFundMe page. And I was, when I first saw it, I was kind of humiliated. I'm like, Oh my God, people are going to know. I, you know, I'm, it's like, I'm begging. And then I'm like, I, but my wife's like, if they're doing this for you, they're doing this because they want you to, you know, to be there, you know? So it was like David Little, Jim Steele, uh, Grant, I can't say his last name. Choco. <laughs> and Jeff all chipped in a, a bunch of some and, and Brock chipped in, you know, some, and those guys helped me get that. And that was the one in Cleveland. Right. That's what I thought was the Cleveland you, one. You yeah. gave me the, you know, the passes to get in. And I, I actually, I just found that envelope again with all my wrestling stuff. Cause I'm slowly finding the stuff. Like I found the original tender on. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but that's what, like I said, where people, like, yeah, sure, I made it 30 years in a row, but it's not always on my own accord. People have helped me out, and I've, I've thanked those people, you know, as many times as I possibly can. Hey, and I've, I've helped pass it forward. Like the one time, Sam, he didn't have a room to stay in. He's like, I, you know, I just came down for the day. And I'm like, Sam, I said, we'll get you a cot. You can crash in our room. <laughs> like, really? I'm like, hey, people have done it for me. I have no problem helping, you know, and, and paying it forward. If I can, that's why, I, you know, somebody's like, you know, Wiggy was like, can I get a ride to Philly? Not an issue because I've been that guy having to beg for rides and having to do this. and having to, So if I can help anybody in this community do things, I, you know, I will. I'll, I, I have no problem helping out. And it's funny because, um, a couple of the people, you know, tournaments and stuff, or th- things will happen where you get a bunch of personality. Eventually, sometimes they clash. People get into, you know, butting heads. Sure. And they they come up to me and they're like, "Mike, can you go talk to this person? Can you talk to this person?" And so I got to be like the dad now. <laughs> <laughs> and and people know you when we when I you know and. I've worked, you know, personal security. I've worked wrestling, and and they like they said you can instantly see a change when I when I pull you aside to talk to you because you're doing something, you know, which you're probably just being an idiot and not realizing it. And and they're like, yeah, I, you know, okay, yeah, I might have been wrong. And 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 it's funny because you know now I'm that role where you know <clears throat> if I got to talk to you, you know, it's like that. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's a, you're the locker room leader then of, of Black right? <laughs> almost kind of what it is it's like hey guys you know this is, you can't do this this is you know this is the way it's going to be now right well I say you're the Undertaker Galactic kind it makes complete sense I can wrestler's court it. man I've heard those <laughs> stories <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but I never thought I'd, you know I'd, I'd be that guy where you know suddenly I'm the responsible one where you know cooler heads prevail but i'm always you know i'm always been kind of the relaxed guy but you know there's there's a point like in some of the earlier cons say after you know i did have a chip on the shoulder at some times because i knew i was in tom's inner circle and you know you kind of get a big head especially when you're younger and i remember sam luptak could tell you a story when he was coming sam came up with all these wrestlers bootleg wrestlers and i looked at him and i'm like these guys all suck <laughs> and sam got so mad <laughs> for like a year, two years. Oh, no. and then i gave i gave him my tag team of uh sideshow the walter and core 
He looks at me and goes, he looks at me and goes, these guys suck. He goes, they couldn't win anything. And then he said he looked at them and spent some time with them. He goes, this is actually a really solid team because they're not going to win. Like, you know, it's anybody can make a you know guy with double plus five finishers and but to make somebody who's competitive, like my favorite all-time indie guy, I got from a guy named Andrew Karras. He's famous. He came to the convention one year. He's famous because he was getting married to a guy and a girl later on that week. Okay. Yeah. All right. But he, That's a heck of a story for Galacticon, though. Wow. Right? He, he was one of the people ever to show up he was a really cool he showed up he had a like a little mohawk and i i can't even remember what con it was uh rob, rob might be able to tell you because rob was like he was all shocked he's like that guy's getting married to two people <laughs> 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 trying to throw everybody too because this is probably early 90s we're like oh yeah that's that's definitely you know a bit out there. I didn't even know that was legal in the States, but they were doing it anyway. <laughs> right, right. I don't know who was marrying them, but they, they were getting it done. But, you know, that's just another one of these odd personalities that would show up. Like, there, there are some people that showed up in the cons that made a memorable, you know, like Myron Coleman. He showed up for one one year and then 10 years down the road, another one. Uh, right, he was at my first one. I remember that yeah, number ten. Yeah, but he—I don't think he—he he wasn't. He was at one and then ten, and that was it. Yeah, because yeah, you know he—he he ended up, you know, borrowing money from. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yes, uh, but it was funny because he came back to pay pay people yeah. back. So I'll give him all the props in the world. I don't know what he's up to. Don't know if he listens to the podcast or in the game anymore. I haven't. I haven't sent the game to him as as long as I've been doing it. But. But uh, he, uh, you know, he came back and he's trying to pay people back. And I remember because Steve Minskoff, who you know doesn't need ten dollars, but he comes up to Myron and he goes, "You owe me ten dollars." <laughs> and I'm like, "Steve, you don't need the money." Steve's like, "That's not the this is the principle." <laughs> then he comes up to me. He goes, "Mike, he goes, I owe you ten dollars." I'm like, "No, you never stole from me." I said, "I won my every year. We'd have a tournament. Oh yeah, for, for a, a, a membership to that to the newsletter." And I'd win that tournament every year. Just, just out of weird, weird coincidence. Wow! Like, there were you know the very first trivia contest. Hey, I won the very first trivia contest. <laughs> we used to do it. As- it was a tri- trio is when I saw that. I didn't know about that. That was pretty yeah. cool. Rob Nadon and John Trevino. Mm-hmm. We, we were the tag team, and you know, we we won it, and we all got it. You know, a free membership to the newsletter. And so every year something would happen. I would win that contest at the convention for the newsletter and i did that right up to the end of the newsletter i just oh we're gonna have a contest for this i guess that's the one i'm winning (laughs) (laughs) but i I beat it i i rob nadon and myself i think we won every tournament at the convention for like the first five years wow we just won and rob's this guy rob was the luckiest dice roller in the world and he had an orange dice everybody would assume was all oh, we just fixed on all these rolled sixes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> We've known some people who we suspected of loaded dice in the past. <laughs> there was one year he took the keepers of the final. Wow. What are you doing with this tag team in the like, That's impressive. Like he so he he's you know, are, and so you know, but it's just weird things like that where people would show up like 
to the convention and just their personality shines through like Bob Hoffa. Bob was, Bob was a great guy. I don't know how well you got to know Bob. Uh, I've met him a couple of times, but yeah, that, yeah, Bob, Bob was a great guy, and Bob was the only guy I ever met who could drink me under the table at that convention <laughs> with E. Mm-hmm. Like I tried to keep Chad and myself tried to keep up with him one night, and we both ended up, you know, it was so rough the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Bob was he, he was no amateur. He he was the professional ranks, and we were still like eh. Not making it. Bob, Bob, Bob was a great guy. You know, didn't know anything about the game, but he showed up, and he, really, he loved the game. And he loved going. He was one of those guys. He loved going just to hang out with the people. He's a that's I mean, that's half the that's half the fun is just hanging out with everybody out there. Absolutely. I said I know you like a lot of times. You're like ah, I don't need to be in the tournaments. I'm just gonna oh, go yeah. here and talk to people. I I, <laughs> I I go in the tournaments. I go in the can of a cup half the time, and that's it. Yeah. I, when I come down, I just want to talk to the people. Like I said. Some of these people have become good friends. I talk to them online, but just to sit down and talk to them. Now it, it's weird because I here here's a guy, uh, Kevin Weibel. Mm-hmm. He's always he's got that loud, excitable voice. He's you know one of these hyper guys who loves the game. And I never sat down and talked to him. He was just I, I don't think my personality could have handled him right away because he's so pumped and energetic, you know, and excitable. <laughs> and uh, so one day I'm just like. Going down to the con, I'm like, I'm going to sit and talk to Ke- Kevin. Like, I just had it in my head. I have I have the people I hang out and talk to. So I'm like, and so I sat and talked to Kevin for about an hour one convention. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. Right. Like, it's, it's just like I, I'm assuming everybody that comes down is you know is a good person, and that's why we you know talk to him every year. But I've just it's some of the people you just never sit down and talk to. So that's what I try to do every year: is sit down, find somebody I haven't ever talked to, and then just sit down and talk to them. That's great. And and that's what that's what I try to do every every convention now. And I start I started that off with Kevin. It's, you know, just somebody different. Uh, I'm I don't always remember people's names. Sure. I'm horrible at that. I'm absolutely horrible at names, and I'm 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 not gonna let. Like, years later, I'm still like Jeff Reno. What's your buddy's name? <laughs> <laughs> Never, oh, poor Josh. Uh. I know. I, 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 and I feel bad about Josh. But I, you think I can remember Josh's name after 20 years? No, no. So, so, so if you make it this year, who, who's your target this year? You got somebody in mind already? Or? Oh, a lot, a lot of a lot of times it'd just be somebody that's new just right. to sit down and, and, and talk because then it you know as, as the guy who's you know like I said representing you know I'm not representing the game but I've been to all the cons and I you know you know all the ins and outs and you become like the locker room leader as you said it just just to you know ha- have them like uh, the Molesky brothers they said they didn't feel like they were part of the group until I came up and started talking talking to them and knew their names and that's that's when it kind of clicked in. Hey, you know, maybe I do have a you know a bit of a a, a rep on aura, right. and and I know I, I got ribbed about it the one year at the con where they had a you know everybody who went, you know, they had a draw that most people for every convention you go to, you're you know you got a ticket to go into oh, some yes. draw, and I'm like okay, I should win this easy enough, and I'm like names not getting pulled, names not getting pulled, and by about the third person, I'm like. My name's not in that bin. 
<laughs> I think I remember that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we didn't put your name in there. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I got to film it and it was, you know, it was a little rib on me. And, but that's, that's what I try to do. If I make a town, I'll try to find somebody just, just, you know, to even, you know, sit down with them and have a chat. And I, I do think it's good if somebody can, you know, you bring a friend along. I, I brought a few different friends to try to teach yeah. them, get them into the game or they just love wrestling. Like my buddy, Craig, who we watched, you know, used to watch hours of pro wrestling and um, I brought him down in hopes that he'd catch, you know, he'd pick up the legend stuff. Mm. No, he's got no interest in the game, but he, he sat down at the convention and talked wrestling to people. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So no. you, you have you have that side of the of the people like David Little doesn't play the GWF. He's right, right, like, yeah. Something different. Yeah. Well, you know, I gotta say, I you know, we gotta wrap it up here. You know, we had our false finish a couple minutes ago, but <laughs> we do. Uh, but yeah, I really hope that you're able to make it down there this year. It wouldn't be Galacticon without you. Uh, so I, you know, I hope. Um, you know, crossing my fingers, everything works out with the border, and uh, we can have you down there as uh, Mike Fortune, the masked assassin, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, do Galacticon right. So yeah, we'll 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 be in touch, I'm sure, and you know, we'll 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 make sure we get you get you a space there if it's able to work out. Definitely. Oh yeah, I think that. And you have that uh, podcast next week where you want all the original. Oh, 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 oh we're not going to spoil that yet. Oh. <laughs> we, got, we got something planned for the end of the end of the, end of the month. We're not going to get to that yet. We, you know, we got to we got to hold off on that. We got something we, special. We edit that out. Teaser. It's a good tease. Yeah, it's a good about it. It's a good tease. So next week we will be back uh, to kind of continue the Galacticon series, and uh, next week uh, we are going to be joined by uh, another man who's been to almost every Galacticon, not every single Galacticon, but most of them, and uh, was the host of the first 25, and that is Mr. Tom Filsinger himself will be on the podcast. His first podcast uh, appearance will be next week on Roll Up. So very excited about that one. Yeah, it's always good to talk to Tom. I'm looking forward to that myself. Um, I mean, this is this has been an epic journey, and and I, I've learned a lot. And uh, again, just can't wait to do it again. Um, Todd, what about the auction? You you, you said uh, you might have a couple little things about the auction when we get to the end of the podcast. Do you have anything well, we did for mention us? Mike's thing there before. Absolutely. So, yeah, Mike, the amazing Mike, Chaos Mike, Art by Randy Bugdale. Yep, Randy yep. Bugdale Chaos Art. So that's going to be up there. I also got, a, as far as donations and whatnot, I also got another big box this week uh, from Bob Blechschmidt. And uh, he donated a, a bunch of different things that we'll have up there. We have a collection of different uh, wrestling pops that he gave me uh, to auction off. There's different DVDs we might do some other type of giveaway on. But one other thing I thought was really cool uh, that he included, I'll show it on on here, is a uh, Sweet and Sour Larry Sweeney shirt as well. It's in a double XL, uh, kind of the old school Randy Savage style one. I think it was a 
um, it was a fundraiser at one point. So he donated that as well. So it's cool. I mean, there's been uh, a bunch of different things people have either told me about or sent in. Uh, but yeah, at least wanted to mention a couple of those things there. We'll also, again, I mentioned before, we have uh, some other original art that's going to be part of this. So uh, we'll get a listing up of everything as we announce. I'll probably put it up on the Galacticon website uh, pretty soon, at least the stuff that we've announced so far. And we'll add to that each week as we go along. Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. I mean, we, you know, we keep, keep, uh, keep an eye out every Monday for more, uh, champions of the galaxy teasers for origins, uh, Friday for more TNT hall of fame teasers and uh, pre-order again, will go up on June 25th. Uh, and then yeah, just join us here every Thursday for roll up. We got, great content coming out each week uh some cool different stuff all kind of paying uh, tribute to galacticons from the past absolutely yes and uh i don't really have much to add i I'm, I'm about spent but i will say that we do still have our review contest going on we initially said it was going to last for two weeks we decided to extend that uh pretty much through galacticon so at any time between now and galacticon get your review in take a shot of it send it to us um either on the boards you can find todd tournament master uh or of course me of course you can send an email to sam at darkmenacepro.com um either way and then we will do a, a drawing for two great prizes one of course is the original seven legends cards before there was a legends line and then uh we also have those two special edition cards from the cotg live event which are the uh, loud noxious card and the uh, stevie richards as omega card so uh some really cool stuff uh that you could win by by leaving that review um mike fortune thank you so much once again it's been awesome really appreciate you coming on and talking to us Oh, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And uh, we will see you at Galacticon one way or another. By hook or crook, yes. masked or unmasked, <laughs> whatever has to happen. Um, well, Todd, thank you. It's always a pleasure, sir. Uh, it's time to go home, get the uh, shoulders to the mat. Thank you all for, once again for joining us for Roll Up, the official Philsinger Games podcast. We'll be back next week uh, with Tom Philsinger, and we've got lots of more great content coming your way on the road to Galacticon, so stay tuned and keep the dice rolling. <laughs> <laughs>